1: Ladies
2: and gentlemen, thrilled to have you here for another epic debate. If this is your first time here, want to let you know at our channel, Modern Day Debate, we are committed to providing an equal playing field for everybody to make their case, regardless of what walk of life they are from, whether they be flat earthers, globe earthers, Christians, atheists, you name it. We hope you feel welcome here as we try to provide that equal playing field for everybody also want to let you know we are very excited as if you have not heard modern day debate has invaded the podcast world so this is an addition to the youtube channel the youtube channel will continue however we now have our podcasts on virtually every major podcast app and if you can't find us on your favorite podcast app just let us know we'll get on there for you with that very excited to talk about tonight's debate it's going to be a lot of fun we have mark drisdale who's been here before many debates kent hovind as well as others and first timer rose is here with us tonight it's going to be a lot of fun i want to let you know folks what we're basically going to do is we're going to have a fairly flexible format with five to ten minute opening statements followed by 50 to 60 minutes of open dialogue and then 30 minutes of q a so We are going to also have, during that Q&A, questions from you, the audience, in the live chat. Feel free to fire your questions in, tagging me with at Modern Day Debate. Makes it easier for me to get every question in that list. Super Chat is also an option, which will push your question to the top of the list, and it gives you the opportunity to make a comment if you'd like to challenge one of the speakers, to which they, of course, would get a chance to respond to. And we of course ask that you would be your regular friendly selves toward our guests as we really do appreciate them being here. The debaters are the lifeblood of the channel. So we really do appreciate them. And so we're going to introduce Rose first Rose. We're thrilled to have you. And also I want to let everybody know that both of our guests are linked in the description. So if you want to hear more, you can hear more. And so Rose, what could people expect to find at your links? And thanks for being here with us.
3: Hi there, James. Thank you so much for having me. I'm really excited to be here and flex my debating skills. Uh, On the links, you will see my YouTube channel, Rose Triple Seven, and that is the channel that I just created recently um, after being part of Crow Triple Seven Radio for a few years. I'm not usually on the mic on Crow Triple Seven Radio. In fact, I never am. I'm behind the scenes. And so I hope that everyone will check out Crow Triple Seven Radio.com, which is my whole purpose in trying to get good information out to people. But then people wanted to start hearing my point of view. And so I started my own channel. And that's where you'll find me at Rose Triple Seven
2: absolutely thanks so much rose and mark glad to have you back if you'd like to share what people can find at your link glad to have you thanks for being here
4: thanks a lot james lots of kitty cats tigers lions and uh over the summer we had two litters of uh lions so we're about to start up some more videos and uh Show people what it's like to be in with the lions while they're feeding their babies, and what I go through to get a first-time mother, um, teaching her how to nurse, and all that kind of stuff. So all the big kitty cats, so lions, tigers, and uh, yeah, no Absolutely. bears, but
2: really lions I, and tigers. <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised. I mean, I've been to, so I've been to Mark's channel, folks, and I've been to Rose's channel. I'd say both of their channels really fun, and they're just both really authentic. Very genuine, congenial people, which is why I think this is going to be—it's—it's it's possible, folks. This is going to be like a flat earth debate. That's like very congenial, and you're going to love it. So, with that, we will get started. And so, Mark, the floor is all yours. Thank you so much.
4: Thanks, James. So, um, basically, what I would like to start out with is, I as usual, I don't have any. Uh, videos or clippings that i throw up on my screen or anything like that i just kind of like going off the uh off the cuff, and you know, hearing what my opponent has to say, and then just let them know why I believe that um, it's not possible. So you know, a couple questions that I would ask Rose right off the start is, you know, uh, where do we get eclipses from if the Earth is not a globe? Where where do the eclipses come from? Um, you know, where we can clearly see the uh, the Moon, um, Sun, and Earth all be, you know, eclipsing each other. So we see that uh, you know every few years, I've actually seen full um, eclipses where I live here in Southern Ontario. Um, you know, and then I would also ask Rose, you know, where does the sun go? That if we are having a flat earth here, we should be able to look off, um, you know, to our, our left, our right, our east, our west. I don't know if she believes that there's east and west on a flat earth. I'm not sure how that would work. But, uh, you know, if you look off to where she thinks the sun goes at night, um you know how can we possibly not see that um you've got seasonal changes there there's just so many things that i can't um i can't fathom how we could be dealing with something that's flat um we've got gravity so you know if she believes that gravity is real and it's the attraction of, of um, two masses to each other um you know why would we not have less gravity out near the edge and where is the edge um, so, you know, and if if she's a believer that there is no gravity, well, then you've continually got, what is it, 9.8 meters per second per second of acceleration that we would have needed since the beginning of time. So we would be really traveling along pretty quick by now. Um, you know, if you start multiplying that all out, you know, every day we'd be increasing our, our speed by, you know, several, several th- hundreds of thousands of miles per hour. Um, so, you know, that, that's, I, I don't want to bury her in questions, but these are some things that she's going to have to, um, not dismiss or, or, you know, push aside. They, they really need to be answered. You know, when you see a ship coming across the ocean, um, it does not all of a sudden appear. It, it starts to appear from the top down and if it's going away, it, uh, it disappears the opposite. So, you know, a lot of questions that um, work with the globe and uh, I'd really be excited to see if she has anything new to offer. Obviously this has been debated heavily now for the last five years or so. I haven't heard a whole lot new from the flat earthers,
2: but uh, love to give Rose a try and hear what she has to say. You got it. We'll kick it over to you, Rose. Thanks so much. The floor is all yours.
3: All right. Awesome intro, dude. Thank you so much. Um, I wish that I had written down all of those things, but I know you're not going to forget your questions. And as we go through this, we can address them one by one. And I know that there are going to be so many questions because this is such a, a crazy deception that has been put upon the masses. And I wish that I could give you an answer for exactly what the Earth what the earth model is and there are many suggestions of what it could possibly be but what i like to focus on is the fact that there's absolutely no signs of curvature there's no gravity there's no proof of the distance to the sun we can't show that they're anywhere in this heliocentric model that there's gas pressure without a container there's no scientific edi- evidence of the earth's radius there's no scientific evidence of showing how far the sun is to us there are so many things that can't be proven just like axial rotation what i want to focus today on is personal observation experiments that people have done that I know personally and just we're going to try and get to the bottom of this I mean gravity is a theory and yes there is a downward um, force motion but gravity by heliocentric standards is not a force it's an effect and so I want to get down to the the real specifics of this and so if you want we can start with the fact that there is No curvature whatsoever to be detected at all. The photos that NASA is giving us, it's all CGI and lies. That is my position. I want to talk about satellites. I want to talk about the jet stream. I want to talk about emergency flight paths. I want to talk about my personal observations as well as people that I um, I know who have done their own. And so let's get right through it and go to it one by one. Do you want to start with curvature? Sounds good. Okay, cool. So you were talking about how things disappear on the horizon from bottom up first, and that has to do a lot with our perspective and the ways that our eyes work. But let's talk about specific measurements that can be taken. So as I was telling you before we started, I live right on the north shore of Lake Pontchartrain. Okay, and so this is a massive lake with a huge bridge over it and it's 24 miles long and on the other side of it, not even right on the beach of the lake, but further down is New Orleans and there is a really famous uh, building called the Superdome with a really bright white roof. So what I set out to do was see if I can with a P1000 zoom in on that building now. One thing I wanna just add into it really quick is unlike many other places where these experiments have been done is that New Orleans is actually below sea level and I'm not even going to account for that. My thing is I wanna be really compassionate to the idea of the spinning ball. And so sometimes I will be more generous with my measurements. Um, James, can I show my screen?
2: You bet, ready for you. All
3: right, let me just, oops, I was doing the wrong mouse. All right, so I'm gonna open up my C too far share screen oh my goodness okay so i can just pick which thing oh whiteboard finder 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 unknown Hmm. how do i do my entire screen
2: there should i think it's usually the top left window that will say like full screen or something like full screen i think
3: Oh, it wants me to allow it on Mac. Oh no, it's gonna make me quit. Shoot, it wants me to quit. So is there any way to send this in a chat?
2: We can definitely, let me see if there's a way from Spotlight. There usually, let me just uh, try it just to see what it shows on my Mm -hmm. end. So when I click share screen, there's like the top left option when you see all those windows that you can share, that's the one you'll want.
3: It's asking, it's telling me that I need to give it permission and then like quit the program and rejoin. So I don't want to have to do that.
2: Gotcha, okay. I missed you? Yes, we can do For that. Me, if,
3: that's gonna t- if that's gonna take too long, that's okay. I can explain this and then I can send this information to you afterwards. You got it. I mean, I mean um, Mark, I can send you all of the stuff so you can see it firsthand. Sure. I, have video footage. I have video footage of me zooming in on the roof of the Superdome from Sunset Point and I have another picture here and everyone can go to their Google Maps and look at the distance from Sunset Point to the Superdome and they say it's 35.5 or sometimes depending on the driving route, 34 miles. So we've got a 34 mile distance and let me just bring it up so I can read my screenshots that I took. So, even if and this is by the heliocentric model if you go to the earth curvature calculator and i'll send you the link to that i have this all in screen screenshots so it's a shame that you won't be able to see it right now but even according to your model and the math that they're doing it's eight inches per mile squared that is how far and how the curve is measured so let's say that I'm gonna be extremely generous and say that we're 12 feet above the water and we're only going 28 miles away. So the Superdome is 273 feet tall. Okay, but under those calculations, it should be hidden by 376 feet. So that's like a hundred feet that it's coming up. And I do know what the people who believe in the spinning ball say, which it has to do with refraction and light being bent and going in different directions. And I will address that, but I just want to keep going with more calculations that I covered here.
4: Um, Can I just talk to you about that for one minute? Of course, yeah. Okay, so where you are at, where you're zooming in with your camera, Mm
3: -hmm.
4: how high above sea level are you?
3: 12 north um, lake, above north the lake water Pots, right? above the water so we're on a pier so i did these calculations if the camera was above for 20 feet or five feet or six feet
4: no no that's not what i'm asking what, what is your height what is your height above sea level uh just north of lake potcha where you live mm. see what i'm getting at is the earth yes it's a ball but it's not a continuous ball so one experiment is not going to cut it. Um, that's the oh. problem. That, that's like saying that, um, you know, the difference between the uh, the plains of Africa all the way up to the top of Mount Everest. Obviously, the Earth is not just a continuously flat ball. Um, you could have areas that the the curvature um, calculator just does not work. You understand what I'm saying? I understand
3: what you're saying, but that's why okay. it's really great to do these, experience, this, these experiments at sea level. And so that's why a lot of these experiments are done over the water on the beach. So I'll give you another example. Um, I just had a friend the other day named Lincoln in Australia. And let me just get the names of these locations. He was able to zoom in on something 38 miles away. Let's see. I see too far Australia so he was able to zoom in on the wool bay silos. so if you want if on your screen you want to look up the wool bay silos you can see what it looks like and I'll send you these pictures afterwards and so this isn't just a lake this is on the ocean the gulf of Vincent so we're not talking about any elevation whatsoever he's on the beach with his camera and that is let's see how far away was that so that 36.84 nautical miles. So if I go to the earth curvature calculator right now, I can detect, let's say, if I put that he was a 20 feet tall giant standing on the beach, it still will show that those silos are supposed to be below the curve. So-
4: How far away are they, are you saying?
3: 36.84 miles. So let me bring up on my screen- But do you
4: realize how little 38.6 miles is? How very little it is. They're, they're in between those two points you could have a dip in the curvature of the earth do you know do you understand what i'm saying you, you could have a hollow between the two and you would see the silo so what you're saying is just simply too small of a distance but let me put this to you and i'll, I'll let you answer so i'm going to go now to you've used my earth calculator for curvature against me and and i'm good with that I, i would have to look into the two locations and what the topography is um between those two locations but according to your earth calculator which is a flat earth with no curve to it at all you should be able to zoom in on your friend in sydney australia why can't you you're because down in Lake. You're 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 simply one thousand miles south of me right now. Why can I not get a telescope and zoom in on you? Why can I only see out a certain distance? Why can I not go on top of the CN Tower and and take a look at that exact um, dome that you're speaking of in uh, Louisiana? Why can I not see it?
3: because of the atmosphere because you're looking at the light the way it's traveling through different atmospheric conditions and so there's only so okay so like for a hallway if you're looking long hallway even if it's a flat hallway it's still going to converge into a point
4: well it doesn't converge into a point It, it depends how long it is obviously lines will will become closer together as they get further away because just simply that that's how you judge the speed of a car coming at you Um, A lot of people don't realize how good we do stuff um, subconsciously. But the reason a car has two headlights on the front is so that we can judge distance. And that's why so many motorcycles get, um, people get hurt on motorcycles, is because you've only got that single headlight. And there's no way to judge how fast those two headlights are starting to get wider as it comes towards you. And that's how you judge speed subconsciously. So so what you're saying, I understand what you're saying, that as things get further away, of course, two um, lights that are only 10 feet o- apart from each other, from 50 feet away, are going to look substantially further apart than if they're a mile away. I get that. But now you're saying that the Earth's atmosphere is responsible for making it so that I can't simply see from here to Chicago, which is in a straight line a little over 160 miles, maybe. There's no height that I can go to and look over and see, see Chicago. I can't go up to the top of the CN Tower, but you're using Earth's atmosphere, um, saying that that's the reason that we can't see that distance, but you're saying that light refraction cannot be used for the reason that we do see things slightly higher than what we should see them. But a really good example is a boat. You can't really get a better example of not having to worry about the topography of of the earth in between two points where it could be a hollow is to look across an ocean and over and over and over, unless we do have atmospheric conditions that that allow the, uh, the rays of light to scatter, we do see boats disappear. So, you know, I just wanted to say that to you because you are kind of using Earth's atmosphere as saying, well, that's the reason you guys say that we can see things further than we should, but now you're kind of using it the other way and saying that's why we can't see things as far as we should if it was flat. Go ahead, Rose.
3: Yeah, and you made an excellent point that it would be the topography because it's not at the same elevation everywhere. And that would be what could obstruct our view if we were at the beach and I wanted to see you on the other side of the world. I think it's funny because when I was talking to someone about how standard refraction is supposed to work, which assumes the earth's radius when we have never even measured to the molten core and there's no proof of the molten core that we can't use that's made up standard refraction to exp- that they try to use to explain how you could see light around a curve. But really quickly, I just wanna let you know, because I know that um, 36 oops let me check I I keep putting 38 but it's actually 36 I'm gonna be really generous to the curve oops wrong keyboard I'm gonna be really generous and I'm gonna put 35 so again I just want to get this out there because it's just so crazy to me that even if it's just 35 miles away the target hidden height would be 581 feet below the horizon So that's what I was just describing with Lincoln zooming in on the uh, Wool Bay silos. That's just, so I know that the earth is, so when this happened, when I zoomed in on the Superdome and Lake Pontchartrain and I'll send you the videos because that was really terrible atmospheric conditions. In fact, we didn't even think it was gonna be worth trying to zoom in on that day and it still showed up because the roof is so unmistakably bright white. So, okay.
4: have you ever seen driving you're from the south have you ever seen when you drive down a road the way all the light on top of the road will shimmer and it's almost impossible for your eyes to figure out what the height of that heat coming off the road is the way it's the way it is interfering and scattering light you've seen that before right
3: absolutely i just drove to north carolina recently and i remember like oh my gosh why is the road so wet but uh, you know that actually that works when you're looking at the flat road in front of you but it doesn't right. work when you're talking about light going around a curve the way that refraction works is you can make it bend like using different elements you can make it bend this 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 but it doesn't go around a curve so the, the conditions that you would need to be set up like with mirrors to make it go all the way around to rise that up and also think about this if you think about the curve of the earth and there's something here that's going up to here, and you're, it's being lifted up. Let's by supposed refraction, the atmosphere. If you have a laser going off here, it's close to the um, close to the surface. And so there's a lot more dense of an atmosphere, but by the time you get over here to where it's coming up, there's so many less particles in the atmosphere because it's up here that that's the way that light works. It wouldn't even be distributed properly in order for us to see that. So it's all of these inconsistencies that I'm seeing that blow my mind. And when this first happened, I was so, married to the globe, I didn't want my ball taken away. And I tried to make up ideas like, okay, so if these people are aiming to deceive us, maybe we're just on a bigger ball. And maybe there's these hidden lands that are hiding resources. And that's the reason for keeping us in this controlled area. And then I started looking at these laser pointer experiments, where people would put over a frozen lake, for example, a laser right up to the surface, and put it over and then and every measurable distance on that frozen lake the laser is not changing its elevation it's still the same distance so if you want to go down to the minute mathematics there should be detectable curvature somewhere on some scale and it's these experiments mine and Lincoln's in Australia are very small in comparison to some much bigger ones like across the Chicago like there's one where it's zooming in on Chicago and they claim it to be a mirage but we already talked about refraction right now there's no measurable curvature and no one who believes in the spinning ball has been able to demonstrate to me without showing fake pictures from fake outer space that there's a detectable curvature. And man, I really wish I could show you these pictures from high up. Um, man, I have some really good pictures I wanna show you, but I'll send them so, to you.
4: Yeah, sure. So you talked about there being less particles and that's the reason that you think possibly light should could be bending what height are you assuming that there's less particles
3: well as we go higher up in the earth's atmosphere there's less are you
4: talking a thousand feet less or less are you just space. talking a, a building that that's maybe 10 stories high like what do you think and like how, how tall is that dome what is it about 120 feet high
3: well i'm just saying compared compared to the atmosphere where the supposed on a ball the buildings that we're supposed to be zooming in on should be and it being lifted up all these hundreds of feet, for example, or in some experiments up to a thousand feet, that there's going to be a difference in the atmospheric density.
2: Okay, so it might what be I
4: suggest, sorry.
2: soon, pardon my interruption, maybe we, just to be sure, we cover as many arguments as we can we might have to if one of you is willing to defer to the other giving them the last word on this particular argument if there are any others we also would love to hear those as well
3: absolutely go ahead uh, mark give your last. okay
4: two questions two questions for you and i'll let let it wrap up what i suggest you do and and this is the best way to to look into your last particles at a certain height grab a barometer Hop in an elevator and go up to the top of a very, what you consider a very tall building. I think you'll be surprised how many particles are not missing when you get to that height. You're gonna see very, very little change in that barometer, but we'll leave that or I just ask you to do that. Make a note, take a barometer with you, go up. There's not really a whole lot of change over 100, 150, 200 feet, which by the way is a 20 story building. They're pretty tall buildings um there there there's not a lot of change in the atmosphere at that height the only other thing that i that kind of jumped out at me is there's no proof of a molten core um what are what are volcanoes well what do you got going on down there where's all this heat coming from
3: oh i'm not saying that volcanoes don't exist I do question volcanoes a little bit and how they operate and what I've seen, but I don't want to get into that here. But I will maintain that we have been lied to about absolutely everything. And there's no evidence, just because we have volcanoes is not evidence of a molten core. But um, what, what else did you want to ask me about that? Was there another?
4: No, that that's fine. It's just, you know, we, we've got, we can see molten rock coming out of, we can see magma coming out of the earth. Something's warm down there. Something's gotten, that, uh, something's gotten that rock pretty hot. So I'm going to suggest, you know, that that's, that would be a good indicator that the deeper you go, um, you know, the warmer it's getting down there. And we see that as we dig down, um, you know, the, the temperature does, you know, and I can tell you this is true. Talk to anyone that does mining as they go deep miles into the earth it starts to get very very hot down there so right. you know they can can i note we've never we've never drilled but um you know if you do want to talk about your molten um uh core um which you're denying is there we do see the the effect of what it does um to the uh to the fields that come off of the sun we we do know that if it was not for that molten um you know core giving us a uh, A magnetic field that we would be in big trouble. I I don't know if you agree with that. I don't know what you think the sun is, but uh, I'll let you wrap up on that. I I will take the hit on the first one and let you go last on this and uh, just have to uh, just agree to move on.
3: Cool. No. Yeah. And I'm definitely going to look into the barometer thing and my explanation of the total atmospheric density. I definitely want to. I don't want to ever take away from the fact that there's no detectable curvature. And so I'm going to take your challenge and I want to challenge you to look into how refraction works and the fact that it would be absolutely impossible to to bend light around a current. And so moving on from that, uh, do you want to go into
4: eclipses? no you don't have to go into eclipses where where is gravity coming from and why do we see a pretty consistent um gravity no matter no matter where we are on the earth why do we find you know we we weigh basically the same no matter where we are and you know we would expect unless you're thinking that we're in a continuous acceleration upwards and that's where we're getting gravity from what's holding us down what's what's causing things to fall at 9.8 seven meters per second per second what what is causing that
3: yeah there is a downward force that's occurring i could tell you personally just trying to swim downward in a pool i can feel that resistance but the way that gravity is described by the heliocentric model is not a cause it's an effect it's not a force it's so I, that i wouldn't use that as an i don't i reject that as an argument for proof of gravity the fact that there is a downward force i think there are other ways to explain things just like with the molten core and the volcanoes we don't see that we've only been able to drill down eight miles and then something is preventing us from going further it just kind of goes boop i wish that we can come up with more technology and explore further just like we need more on the sky to try and figure this out i wish i could give you a definitive model of where we exist but that's why i love these conversations because the more people that we have questioning things the better chance we have of figuring this stuff out so when it comes to gravity this is like a a big stalemate that is always occurring in these discussions because people want to believe what they've been told even though it's just a theory based on a theory and we see the effect of it but we can't prove that it's the cause no one can prove that gravity exists
4: well, we do. We've seen ships get sucked together. We've seen iron ore ships get too close to each other, and they have been sucked together, and they're very hard to get apart. Um, that is a fact. Look it up. Uh, it's something that they're very cautious with in uh, shipping yards, that they do not let um, you know very massive ships get really close to each other other because they they will set up a gravitational field between the two of them there's definitely attraction but when you say it's an effect it's not a cause then you've got to come up with something that is holding us on this earth you can't just say well the gravity hasn't been proven um, you know it's a theory it's this it's that no it, it's not we know we're being held down to the earth we know that for sure and if you don't believe it step off something that's five feet high I don't want to see you get hurt but you will find out very quickly that you go down So either you're being pulled down to the earth or the earth is being pushed up towards you at a speed, an acceleration, the same sort of thing that you feel in a car that holds you against the seat. Um, You know, acceleration can can easily mimic um, gravity. It, It feels the same. Everything about it is the same. If you're in an airplane, if you're in something and you curve up very fast, you'll be pushed down in your seat up to, you know, that's what they talk about in jet fighters where you can, you know, pull G's. Um, one, one unit of gravity for every g that you pull. Um, so you, you've got a really difficult thing there because the flat earth would not give you a central point to be pulled down into. So your friend in Australia that I think you can agree with me is is you know roughly, I don't know what are they 12, 13,000 miles away from us, they've got to be getting closer to the edge of this this pancake shaped earth why are they feeling the same gravity why can i get on a plane go over there take my scale with me and i weigh exactly the same over there
3: i don't accept gravity because it hasn't been proven to me i don't i haven't seen any proof of gravity i've only seen that like the effects of buoyancy and density and that there's a downward force so i think that we're having a semantics problem here and you're describing the same thing that i'm seeing but you're attributing it to this this uh variable that they're injecting into mathematics to justify a a model that literally cannot exist it's impossible for something like this to exist and we can get into that more about different measurements that have been taken but i I do rose
4: you're feeling it you're feeling it you're either being pulled down or the earth is being pushed up towards you either your chairs either you're being pulled down by gravity or you're being pushed up you can it's the only two ways it's the only way us as the human condition knows for there to be something like gravity uh how are you explaining it you're, and uh
3: you're seeing that there needs to be gravity to exist if we're on a spinning ball that's hurtling through a vacuum of space
4: well but even if it's flat there has to be gravity pardon even if it's flat it has to be gravity
3: why does a downward force have to
4: be is that an iron maiden shirt
3: yes it is
4: <laughs> that's pretty awesome
3: Thank you. See, why does there why
4: does there have to be gravity because we're being held down we're not floating away there has to be gravity and we have to be getting it somewhere our model says that yes everything is pulled down towards the center of the earth towards the center of the mass, of the equilibrium of the mass, which, which would be the, the, the dead center of the Earth. So what I'm saying to you is that there's only two ways for that to happen. Either you've got acceleration up, or you truly have gravity, where, where um, uh, atoms are, are, are attracted to other masses, attracted to mass. So you, you can't, you, you really got to somehow get that worked out um, for the flat earth to even exist. And, and I, I hear what you say, we don't have to beat this one to death, but uh, that to me is the biggest problem for, for, the, for the flat earth.
3: Okay, I hear you, man. So I don't accept the model and I don't accept that it need that we need to be um, stuck to a ball. And so for me, it's not an issue for me to have downward force existing. I'm opening my mind to different um, ways to explain this. Have you ever looked into the electromagnetic universe?
4: Well, yes, of course, but electromagnetic um, attraction is not explained because we do not have a differential between our. We, we would have to have the exact same differential in 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 uh, in, in forces of like and dislike uh, charges for it to work, and we just don't see that. It, it's not something that we see. What we see is basically something with a certain molecular density has an attraction to something else with a molecular density that we can chart um, it, it, which is not at all like what we see out of uh, electronic or electrical differential attractions. We just don't see that. And if you were to chart it out, I think that would become very obvious to you. Um, you know, when you when you get into materials with roughly the same molecular density, um, they, they are attracted based on density, not by um charge if you know what i'm kind of trying to say here
3: okay yeah all right like let's let's move on from the gravity idea because i really want to tell you about my experience with solar eclipses
4: yeah go ahead that's fine okay.
3: so my friend, known as Crow Seven, my business partner, who's the host of Croachable Seven Radio, he's been using some high optics tools to look at both the moon and the sun, and has found some amazing anomalies. And that's why I hope that people will check out the show and check out his YouTube channel and our bit shoot and see all of the. Um, all of the footage that he took. Now, the thing that really blew my mind about the solar eclipse is that when, and it's not just him, it's so many amateur astronomers who have all tried this. And I wish that we all had telescopes so everyone can go out and test this every time that there's a solar eclipse. But the same result from everyone is, is that when they're looking at the solar eclipse, the moon moving in in front of the sun is never detected. If the sun is the brightest thing that we know of, then it should be so obvious and easy to see the backlit moon approaching it So it blows my mind that we never, our personal observations do not show that the moon plays any role in the solar eclipse. And I just wanted to tell you about that fact because you mentioned eclipses right in the beginning. And this is one of the things that started opening my mind to the fact that the world has not been described properly, it's been misdescribed. And so there are different old traditions that will describe the eclipses as having something to do with what's called nodes called Rahu and Ketu. So I'd really love for you to look into that after this as well, but all we can see is this bite coming out of the sun and it moving in front and anytime that you will see if someone claims to tell you that they've seen the moon going in front of the sun it's fake it's been altered it's not real and i would really encourage you to look at real life observations from real amateur astronomers like crow
4: so what's going in front of the sun
3: i don't know week okay no idea but it's it's uh, a major something
4: something had to approach it and something is definitely um cylindrical in shape minimum cylindrical in shape uh I'm guessing it's a ball but you can see it come in and you can see that it has an arc to it it covers it and it moves out of the other side so you know uh, there you go I don't I don't know again you know it, it's kind of like the whole, You know well if you're gonna if you're gonna deny it this way you've got to kind of give an answer to what you're dealing with so but yeah we can let uh we can let solar eclipses go so during the uh during the night where does the sun go
3: okay so the heliocentric model says that the sun is 93 million miles away and that the moon is 239,000 miles away and that's another thing about eclipses that i think is crazy the fact that these two objects that are supposed to be different sizes and different distances can come together perfectly at that moment i know that's not proof of anything it just blows my mind and it seriously makes me question things especially knowing what i know about the solar eclipses but so my contention is like many other flat earthers and Like, let me repeat, there is no definitive flat earth model. What we're doing is we're questioning the globe and we're not finding any proof of curvature. And so we all we can do is come up with with ideas of what could possibly explain these things.
4: But you still got a very bright thing um, that's so bright that during the day you cannot look up at it and it's got to go somewhere on this flat pancake earth. And why can we not see it? And where is the brightness from the moon coming from? We we know that it's, it's light off of the sun. So where, why is the moon bright?
3: It's so crazy. I think that the moon is creating its own light and you can look at the inverse square law to learn more about that. I have so much to show you. I, like I'm gonna send you a whole entire document with all this information, but I think that the sun and the moon are luminaries. I have no idea what they are. It drives me crazy. I hope that within my lifetime, I get more answers but I think that they are going around the earth they're navigating around the earth. And I also can gift you an app that can um, show you more about this, but they're much, much closer than the mainstream model wants you to believe. They're much closer. And so um, are you familiar with attenuation? Yeah. Okay, so if the sun is a lot closer and it's moving through the atmosphere over the, and we don't know how, what the model looks like, but so about half of this, Half of what where we live, the our populated areas that we're aware of, are lit at the at, during the day. There's like for half of the day, it's going around the twenty-four hour cycle. It's closer. It's closer. Do you to- You think the, this
4: thing's doing a figure eight, or what's it doing?
3: It's doing a circle, and that's another thing of that you mentioned earlier that reminded me that you can do experiments where you put over a flat Earth map, you can put like a magnetized thing to represent the North Pole, and then if you take a compass and you move it around the map in a westward direction, it's still always pointing north. So on a flat earth model, a compass still works. So that's what I mean is that when we all put our heads together and try and figure out, okay, we know we've been lied to, we know there are, these, there are these major problems with the heliocentric model. If we put our heads together and get creative and open our minds to different possibilities, there are other ways to explain the observations that we do make. And that's why I wanna get into the whole idea of spinning with you as well, if you wanna get into that.
4: But there is actually no problem whatsoever with the ball earth. You're just saying that there's problems. We don't have anything. There's nothing that you can mathematically show that is wrong with it. And yet we can show everything is mathematically correct in what we see. And then the other thing that you got to ask yourself is what what's powering the sun? We know that the sun needs to be a certain size for it to collapse and, and, and do what it's doing, changing hydrogen, you know, it, how, how are you explaining this? It cannot be just a little thing. We know that or the earth would collapse in on itself. if something that small, that close. Um, I'm assuming you think it's much smaller than we think it is, but a million times bigger than the earth. So again, you know, you need a certain amount of size for this to happen.
3: Yeah, I know that it's frustrating that we don't know what the sun is, but it's what well, we
4: do though, that's the thing. And we see the effect of it and what we know is going on up there, we can see it in the spectrum of the light. It's exactly what we'd expect it to be. Um, you know, for 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 what we got going on up there as as it it's fusing, you know, it's it's exactly what we'd we'd expect to see.
3: Well, are you able to prove to me how the distance to the sun was determined because there's no proof of how we determined the distance of the sun and that is a well,
4: very what do you mean how we determined like all this was done before we ever took pictures i hear flat earthers talk a lot about how the pictures from space are are fake and and we've been lied to and all those pictures but we figured out that the earth was a ball long long before we ever had pictures from space we've known this for for hundreds of years they did experiment um, with shadows, like you know, for instance, to tell to tell time, it just simply would not work um, on a flat Earth. Just look up whether or not a uh, a, a sundial would work on a flat Earth, and it, it you know it's been shown mathematically that it would not. That's so
3: assuming, that's all assuming that the sun is at a specific distance, which we can't prove. So I don't accept any of those experiments. If the sun, those experiments will work on a flat plane, if the sun is a lot closer than what's been described to us. And we know that we've been lied to that the people that have been teaching you that the people that have been teaching you these things have been indoctrinated by a whole entire system that is that has aimed to deceive us. And there are reasons for it. And I wanna get down to the truth. I don't wanna just accept what's been told to me that the sun is this arbitrary ninety three million miles away. There is no mathematics that you can bring up to me to prove that the sun is at that distance.
5: What we Yeah, s- but
4: yeah, but you like the inverse square law. So you believe that math works. So right. we tell by the color of the light coming off of it we can tell again like i went back to the spectrum of the light we can tell exactly what the temperature of the sun is down to the point that we can we can see different points on the sun and tell you what those temperatures are by looking at the color that's coming off of it so we know how hot it is and we know you know you talked about your inverse square law we know how hot it would be at a certain distance and that's what it works out to so we, we know exactly how much radiation we should be getting off of it and that's what we get. We, we, uh, we work it out in um, Watts per square meter. That's how we, we detect the heat that falls down on the earth at different locations on the earth. And uh, you know, I'm just I, like, this is all mathematically proven, this is the part. But then you'll say things like, well, there's no, obviously I have no possible way of measuring how far away the sun is. Uh, You know, even if you gave me the equipment to do it, I probably wouldn't know how to use it. Like, I think we can all agree on that. There's a certain amount of stuff on this in this world that we just have to believe that the people that specialize in it are telling us the truth. I know in my field, I have no reason to lie to anybody what my specialty is. So I'm assuming that the, the thousands and thousands of, of uh, uh, physics majors and uh, astronomers out there would have really no reason to lie to us. You know, it, you really got to get down to the point of why are we being lied to, Rose?
3: I think we're being lied to in order to keep the people so dumbed down that we're easy to control. I think that there is so much more potential for humanity. I think that the world that we're existing in is not acceptable. I do not accept the way that humanity is at this time. And I feel that if we weren't being lied to about the nature of reality, that we would be in a much, much better place. But let me ask you something. I want to know your take on this unless you want to respond to what I just said.
4: Yeah, well, if you're talking about the earth being dumbed down, why would you have to go to a flat earth? Why can't we just talk about religion? Because that's the whole idea of religion is the dumbing down of uh, society. So, you know, we don't need to talk about a pancake earth. Um, religion takes care of dumbing down of society, uh, you know, in, in believing in magic and believing in like, religion is all about, um, you know, and I can't say all of it, but young earth creationism is all about denying all the science that we see on earth. So we don't, you know, we don't need a, a pancake earth to, uh, to talk about, a, a, you know, a, a discipline of dumbing down society.
3: All right. Well, I, I think that that's an opinion. I think that. my well, an
4: opinion. Yeah. yeah.
3: Yeah. So, so you don't think that it's necessary to deceive people on this grand scale. And I
5: do. Well, we do.
4: We do birth- deceive. And that's called religion. Religion one of the biggest deceptions that we, we have been dealing with for um, tens of thousands of years. That's exactly what religion is. Religion is deception. We started indoctrinating kids at birth. James is about to give me shit here for forgetting off subjects so i'm gonna i'm gonna leave it at that and i can type you i don't know where you stand on religion but basically what you're saying about the the ball earth um compared to flat earth it's exactly like arguing um young earth creationism with a with a creationist yeah i feel like i'm just we're just we're just exchanging words here that's honestly the way i feel right now
3: I love exchanging words, and I and I mm-hmm. want to I want to share how why I came to this understanding. Yep. I want to know where you're at too, and I think that it would be totally impossible for you to change your complete worldview, everything that you've understood in just an hour's time. i mean this when I first came to this idea, I thought it was absolutely ridiculous. I didn't even want to look at. It. I was embarrassed to even like, think about it. It was just so ridiculous. But I love that you brought up religion because to me, I see the ball earth as the biggest religion that ties together all of the other religions so you got a bunch of christians in this area you got a bunch of people in india believing in this thing in that area you've got the people you got odinists in norway but everyone believes in the spinning ball so what a great way to bring all the religions together and to control everyone under this big umbrella
4: understood
3: okay <laughs> so here's another thing about the moon that i think is so crazy this is personal observations that i've done by myself and other people that are listeners of crow triple 7, seven radio that have reached out to us and i just want to know if you've ever heard of this and how you would explain it if you it turns out that moonlight is colder than the shadows at night so if it's the sun that was reflecting off of the moon and i already brought up another reason why we can show that the moon is possibly giving off its own light but that's also to explain because you're like how what how could it work like why would we see the moon at night but why would the moonlight be colder if it was the sunlight hitting it
4: then in the shape- what, are you, what are you talking about colder where are you measuring this temperature from
3: a thermometer when you put a thermometer in the moonlight like on a full moon
4: so where, what are you pointing it at so you're you're expecting moonlight to be warmer than what, than a shadow?
3: Right, so if if I'm in the moonlight and I have my water bottle on the ground. Right. Going around here and then there's the shadow, this in the shadow that's not being hit by the moon is going to be warmer. Wait, okay, now I'm getting mixed up here. The moonlight should be warmer because it's light hitting from the sun, but instead right. it's colder. Yeah, but so, it's how much? Than
4: it, shadow. Okay, understood, Rose. But how much you do realize, though, that we're not dealing with the difference in um, light absorption of, of, say, the sun. So, here you're dealing with a really big number when you're dealing with the sun. And you're using this really inaccurate thing that we call a thermometer. And I don't know what kind you used and what it was worth. But the reason that we can just take this thermometer and 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 measure sunlight with it and get this huge variation on the scale, how far it can move the mercury or the uh, or the alcohol or whatever it is, is because it's a very strong force. So again, we're measuring that in watts per square meter. Moonlight is an extremely small amount of energy. As a matter of fact, when it sh- shines down on a solar panel, which I happen to my my house up to about two years ago was off grid so everything was solar you don't even get enough power out of sunlight or out of moonlight to overcome the small small amount of wattage that it costs to run the the um the converters that that take the 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 24 volts in and, and puts it to the battery so they have uh, charge controllers and and they would be like 22 watts so something that through the day would be making ten thousand watts can't even offset. So what they do at night is you just shut it down. You shut the charge controller down, so it's not, and it automatically goes into a rest mode. So do you know what I'm trying to say here? You're trying to 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 um, it, it, it's like using a sledgehammer on a, a a finishing nail, where you know the sledgehammer is, is has this huge ability. to to do work. You're now talking about something that's very small and you're trying to measure it with the same device that you're, you're normally using to measure. So you really need to look at how you're measuring it. But I am telling you that if light is shining down on something, it is going to be warmer than something in a shadow. And if you're not observing that, I would love you to do a video one day with a very accurate, and show us that and i will check into it too because if that's the case i don't know what to say to you there
3: i don't know what to say either and i don't yeah. have an answer for why that would be nobody knows what the heck is going on with the mood and that's why i hope we've remained friends and that we keep in touch and that- oh
4: i never i never would not be friends
3: okay yeah because i mean that's why i asked you the question is because i just yeah. want to know your initial take because it does sound so crazy because yes and no matter how much the sun is hitting it like whatever you want to say about what's causing it light is more energy and so that's supposed to be warmer so i'm just saying that yeah, there would are things, be there are inconsistencies that really make people think why don't we talk about the earth spinning
4: right but all i can say to you is if you are going to measure that you're going to have to do a very controlled um, experiment because it is a very small amount of energy and it's going to be a hard energy to, to measure. That's all I'm saying. You could have residual um, heat coming out of the ground from the, from the daylight. There's just a lot of stuff that could throw your experiment off. So just make sure it's, it's very controlled however you do it
3: you're right i should do my own video and my i should redo this experiment and do it on my own and make it as specific as possible and i would even come to you for advice on how to there
4: you go how, perfect. Exactly how
3: i'm going to do it and then we can maybe present it together and just be like
4: perfect oh. okay in our in our second debate about religion so okay. um we have time so for just
2: that, a little bit more in terms of and we have to topics and here. then we've got to go into the q a
3: okay cool then cool.
2: we just then we just go to
4: debate too don't worry about it so go to your spinning earth let let explain to me where the spinning earth is the got you moment
3: okay all right so the luminous ether is what is the um is like the stuff that light travels through in my in my view the luminiferous ether is what we is how it needs a, a a media to travel through okay so if you've got a gyroscope and you're measuring on the equator 15 degrees of drift people say that that is evidence for the spinning earth because if you take 360 degrees and you divide it by 24 you get 15 so that is how people explain the 15 degrees that is being measured on the gyroscope at the equator now here's the trippy thing you know how People describe the luminiferous ether as like a vortex. And if you look at a tornado, it's faster on the bottom and it's slower at the top. Now, we have done experiments. Well, I haven't done this one personally. It's a friend. But where you stay at the exact same latitude and from one elevation, you measure it. And then you go to a 10,000 feet elevation difference, okay, at the same exact latitude, the elevation should not change your results. It's a huge problem. It is. It makes it totally impossible that it could be the rotation spinning, and so we've got like more than like more than a degree difference between the ten thousand feet difference on the same latitude. That is impossible. It should be measured the exact same way. But if you go from like a mountain on one uh, at one spot on the latitude, and then you go down to the plains, you get a different result on that same gyroscope. So that's just food for thought. It's something for you to think about. It's something for maybe when we come back again that you can offer me an explanation on how that could. Yeah,
4: you, you got to explain that better. I'm not even sure what you're doing there, but that's fine. We don't want to spend too much time on that because I'm not going to be able to answer you because I'm not sure what the experiment you're doing is. And I'm not sure who was able to do that, you know, go from 10,000 feet down to sea level again, but that's fine. So how do you explain, uh, you know drains your friend in australia it really does drain opposite and i know that i've been to australia and i've seen it so you know why why do we see that why do we see storms uh you know north of the equator spinning one way and south of the equator spinning the opposite what's that all about
3: you know what i i actually don't have an exploit i haven't looked into that i know that there is an answer for that but that was that's not part of what i have already no, that's fine That's fine. I I just thought I would
4: ask you because you can talk to your friend in Australia and you can both, um, and you don't have to flush a toilet. I understand that a toilet's designed to spin a certain way. They do make toilets different for the north and uh, um, southern hemisphere, but a a simple sink without any design to set up a vortice, you will find it goes down the opposite way. And that is what we would expect of a ball spinning. We would expect that.
3: There is there is an explanation for the Coriolis effect, but I haven't I haven't I, I would be like okay. just repeating and regurgitating back what someone else said. I haven't done my own research on that, so thank you so much for reminding me of that ball Earth argument, and I'm going to look into that more. and And so all I can do is thank you for bringing that up. I don't yeah, no know problem. what the answer to that was from what other people have said.
4: Okay, I think I've asked you most of the questions. You want to just—are uh, we okay, James? Maybe for five minutes, she could ask me a couple questions, and we could get to—we could get to your um, sounds good your questions. You okay you with that?
2: Sounds good. Okay.
4: Where'd you go, Rose? Ask I, away. Yeah.
3: Oh, oh, we're on the question and answer. Okay, so it's no. My-
4: yeah, no. You can just ask me if you. I've asked you most of the questions. I was just, you know, kind of reviewing in my head how this how this debate has gone. And I think I've asked you most of the questions. So go ahead, do you have anything that you want to ask you know, me to explain if it's a ball, how this could possibly be like this and you know, that kind of stuff?
3: Well, I mean, we went through a lot of the stuff here. You explained your stance on why, like, you think that there's curvature. I mean, I can go into, like, okay, I mean, I could just keep hitting you up with why I think that we have been lied to and all of the deception that is going to Yeah,
4: and you see, and that's what I'm saying. I could do the same. Like, my next thing to ask you would be why do we always see weather patterns in the northern hemisphere um, coming in from the uh, west to the east? and we know it's true because we have the fires right now in California and the smoke is just making it here now, um, you know, so we do know that something is causing these weather patterns to to, uh, to generate in general for us west to east, you know, and I, I could go on with thousands and thousands of these things and yet in the southern hemisphere we see it the other way. Uh, We see, uh, we know for a fact that we have uh, uh, sand in the American, uh, in the continent of America that we know has come from Africa. We can study it. We know it's the exact same sand. So we know that we have, you know, just stuff like that. There's so many things to me that seal it as being a ball, Um, especially when I look up at the the moon and I see a ball. I look up at the sun, I see a ball. If I look through a telescope and I look at uh, Mars or, or any of the planets, I see a ball. So, you know, it's just,
3: yeah, that's kind of
4: my thing.
3: I know exactly what you mean. And I, I, I always used to think that too, when I look up at the moon and it looks like a total sphere, I'm like, okay, I know that that's not proof of where I am. That's like looking at a pool table and saying, because the balls are balls, that the table is a ball. like. that aside if you there's an experiment that my friend did and i'll send you a link to this video if you want as well called is it a sphere and she did an experiment where she showed all it looked like from the camera all different balls but in reality one of them was convex one of them was concave one of them was half one of them was flat so it really could just be a matter of perception with that as well and you're saying
4: optically optically Optically. it was hard to tell what they were yeah no i understand that
3: that so and, and I'll, you're gonna love that experiment too I love all these firsthand observations that show us that it that our eyes could be re- deceiving us now when it comes to the weather I'm totally not denying that weather exists <laughs> especially being in Louisiana and growing up in California where just in the same week we're having fires over there and we're having hurricanes over here yeah uh, like, have you ever heard of the hermetic principle of as above, so below? Like I like to think about things that can be observed, and we see like, if you have an alchemical flask, there can be all sorts of things going on within it, and it it's not the same density or pressure or, or interactions going on in one part of the bottle to another. And that's why it's really important to bring up the second law of thermodynamics, which describes entropy, and that you cannot have gas pressure without a container. So we didn't even get into that, that we are probably in an enclosed system. And it's that enclosed system that is creating all of the different interactions within it.
4: And so, even so you if- don't think, you don't think Saturn exists. Saturn oh. is only a gas ball. It's all it is gas.
3: Well, I don't, I know I can see Saturn through a telescope, it's really extremely beautiful, that's for sure. But all I know is that it's a light in the sky. And I believe that the sun, the moon, and all of the lights that we see in the sky are way closer. And maybe they're attached or maybe they're growing off of the of the hard, fast barrier like crystals. Who knows what they are? We can't go there. <laughs> but
4: yeah. All I, mean- I can ask you to do, one thing I really want you to look into is look into the spectrum, how we know the temperature and the makeup of something that we're looking at that gives off an energy. Okay, please look that up, because I think you'll, you'll find the how good we are at this to be very surprising. And when you look into the science of it, and on what we can figure out, what well, when we look at something, most of a lot of science when when we figure out what's the the components of of a certain thing, we burn it. And we look at the spectrum and we, we look at it on a computer screen we have all these little notches that go up and down and up and down and every one of those notches you'll see will be uh, aluminum it, it'll be magnesium it'll be x here x here and it is so accurate it's scary just look out look up that science i don't know what it's called off the top of my head i'm drawing a blank But just look up the science of that, and I think you'll be really surprised. And that's how we know what Saturn is made of. That's how we know what the sun is made of. It's how we know so many things. But um, I can see uh, uh, James here behind us getting anxious. So one thing I can say is I, I know the questions uh, here are going to be a lot more polite than what I'm usually used to. Usually I'm, I, this is where I sit back and kick my feet up and uh, listen to all the questions uh, insult my my uh, my my uh, opponent. But you're far, far too nice of a lady for anyone to do that <laughs> too. So I think... I think I might be in trouble on this one. I think a lot of people are going to stand up for you, so James. Unless I uh, Rose has something to, say into, you're just far too nice of a lady for anyone to to come in with what I'm used to at the end of a debate
3: well i think that you're really nice too and i don't want anyone who came in here who knew me and that's why they're here i don't want anyone to attack you because i think that you're awesome and i think that you're actually more open-minded than people in the chat might have been saying i haven't been looking at all whatsoever i am going to look into how the scientists in what i'll call the globe religion sorry because i just realized that that might trigger you since you're not you don't seem Mm -hmm. to be a
5: religious dude
4: i've only ever had one person trigger me and that was nathan only oh. because I, I just I assumed he was screwing me over I don't know uh James will know who he was I don't know Maybe yeah, just thought it was, will be
3: back yeah
4: I thought it was just so far off in left field I just assumed that I was being set up I, I thought that James was gonna tell me I was being punked at the end of it or something
3: Oh I wish I knew what you're talking about I'll have to look back in the things <laughs> but I am going to look into how science explains how we know what Saturn's made of and what Yeah it
4: there is. there is there's a lot of that and, I'm in a an
3: position that I don't yeah. accept what I am told by these authority figures. I'm somewhat of an angry right. anarchist. I'm somewhat of a rebel. Maybe I'm setting myself back thousands of years trying to figure it out all on my own. And I think that's hard work. And I, like I said, I hope in my lifetime I can learn more. But I have so much high hopes for humanity. I think that we can evolve our consciousness to really figure out what's actually going on. Because I do know that we have been lied to on such a massive scale. And I do not accept curvature. I do not accept gravity. I do not accept rotational spin, all of these things. I, I, I do not accept what you have told me, but I am going to look into all of the specific things that you have presented with me with to expand my knowledge base and be able to better respond in the future.
4: Perfect. And my last question to you to prove that you didn't just buy the T-shirt, what's your favorite Two Iron Maiden songs?
3: Oh, hallowed be thy name. Okay. And When I was just listening to is Dale, but I also love Seventh Son of a Seventh Son. And i you're I for like real,
4: the Dance you're Death. for real. I thought you just bought the sweater.
3: Remember tomorrow? <laughs> I
4: love Blake. Take it away, James.
3: Okay, dude, you're awesome. Thank you for asking me that questions. So I love to prove, I hate it when people just buy a band shirt. Oh, and just, so you know, do I. Ugh, oh, dude, we're gonna be friends forever.
2: All right, with that, we will jump into Q&A. I wanna remind you folks, Each of the speakers' links are in the description, so if you'd like to hear more, they're waiting for you down in the description box. And Mike Billars, thanks for your question, says, Rose, I hiked Black Elk Peak in South Dakota. I only saw the tiny top of Hogback Mountain in Nebraska. I couldn't see Mount Elbert in Colorado. I don't know why. Do you know why?
3: I would love to figure out why I would need to see those things on a map because I'm not familiar with those areas is, is what he's, you can tell me maybe James, cause you're more experienced with getting these kinds of questions after a flat earth debate, is he saying that he on a flat earth, he should have been able to see all of those things from his position.
2: I think so. Uh, the reason I know that Mount Albert should be a lot higher. It is a lot higher in Colorado. And when he said, I hiked Black Elk Peak in South Dakota, I only saw the tip, the tippy top of Hogback Mountain in Nebraska, and I couldn't see Mount Albert in Colorado at all. I think that he's saying like that this is best explained by the curve, because if those peaks, like as you're looking at them from there when they're far away, he's trying to argue that if they're on a flat plane, then you should be able to see those peaks fairly well. But if they're curved then this one down here you wouldn't be able to see as well if that makes sense that's the argument that's right yeah that makes sense james
3: i hope that you have pictures okay my email address is rose davidson the number four humanity at gmail.com and i would love to make a ton of new friends and address all of your questions directly this is going to be awesome. I want to, if you have any pictures to send me, please do, because I really do believe that there is an explanation for everything and we got to work together to find it. you got and it. And I have no idea what those elevations are, but it does sound like a very compelling question. And I just know that there's a way to get to the bottom of it. So please do contact me. Rose Davidson, the number four humanity at gmail.com for any of the. I wish you put in the numbers of the elevations. We can anyway, thank you for your question. And I hope to hear from you.
2: You got it. And thanks for your question from Uzi. Hopefully I'm saying that right. Says in all caps, by the way, Nathan Thompson is the man. Put some respect on his name. (laughs) So, Nathan, you've got a fan. Rose, you know who Nathan Thompson is?
3: Yes, I do. Of
2: course. (laughs) Gotcha. Uh, It's a different
3: approach than I do to these debates.
2: So Mark's Mark Drisdell's son, Nathan Thompson is a regular here. Uh-huh. So, but basic, we've got another one. This one comes in from Steven Steen, nasty guy. I have to read it though. He says, the earth is like James's abs, flat, rock hard and steaming hot. Okay. Nasty guy. Mike Billars, thanks for your super chat. said, why can South Africans and Australians both see the Southern cross? but no one in Europe can. Aren't they on opposite sides of your flat earth?
3: Okay, repeat that question to me one more time.
2: They said, why can South Africans and also Australians both see the Southern Cross, but no one in Europe, in Europe can? Aren't they on opposite sides of your flat earth, namely South Africa and Australia?
3: I think that that would be explained by the fact that these stars aren't billions and billions of miles away; that they're much closer to us. That would be my response.
4: Gotcha. Yeah, the constellations are a big problem when you look at all the constellations. Like you can't see the North Star from the Southern Hemisphere, and uh, yeah, there's a lot of stuff there that you have to look at. And even if they're up there, let's let's give them a number. Even if they're a thousand miles, all these stars up. On a flat Earth, there should be nowhere that you wouldn't be able to see those stars from. You
3: mean with the telescope, though, not your naked eye? Yeah,
4: with the telescope. Well, even with your naked eye, you should be able to see them. Yes. Again, we know how bright they are.
3: I think that I think that from the from the way that I'm imagining it, if all of these luminaries are close to us, then you wouldn't be able with the naked eye to see them from the same location. But, oh, wait, can I ask you a question, Mark, really quick before we go to sure. the next? Okay, because I've never even asked a flatter through this question. So, and this might not even be a flat earth thing. I just I appreciate your point of view and you're here right now. So I notice, I really like the Orion constellation. And so when I'm on Kauai, the Orion constellation will like like look more fat to me. And then if I'm in Montreal, it might look more like long elongated. And then on um, the in like the Netherlands, It'll be like a completely different, like different dimension. So how would you explain that on the... And it's
4: all at the same time you're saying? Or how far apart are are these time frames? Is this something that you've looked at? Or is it something that you're saying from all the different observatories, all the constellations look different? Because that's what we're talking about. We're looking at constellations that you can't even see from other spots on the globe. Um, that's exactly what they were saying about the southern cross you can't see it so as you come up and over the uh, the equator it's going to completely change the way that it looks that's what we're saying there's stars there's stars that for the southern something that would look to me at nighttime to be right on my horizon in the southern hemisphere is straight up in the sky so those all those constellations are going to flatten out like a pancake yeah
3: Next. so i think my question was that they' so since we're since they're much closer than we think, they're going to appear different differently from different spots at the same time. So if I'm in on Kauai, but here's the problem. I can't call someone in the Netherlands if it's nighttime on Kauai because it's daytime over there.
4: I so, know the whole if, sun thing is a big problem for a flutter Earth, I agree. <laughs>
3: well, because it's closer and it's moving around.
2: okay. okay. Let's go.
3: To, let's go to the next question.
2: Give uh yeah, we'll give Rose the last word on that because the original super chat was for her. We've got we will move quickly through the ones we have. I do want to mention a separate note because we do have most of our mods are here right now. Is I want to mention we are wanting to ask mods. You can still share your opinion. So if you are flat Earth or globe Earth and you're like, hey, here's my argument for why it's a flat Earth or globe Earth. Cool, feel free. But we do we're kind of Making the standards higher for the mods in terms of if you're a moderator and you are insulting people, uh, do me a favor, folks. Don't be afraid to call it to my attention if I miss it and just say, hey, did you see that so-and-so just a few chats up just called so-and-so a blank? Let me know because that way I can address it. We do want our mods to we, – we are going to be more – we're, we're going to raise the standard such that – We want them to be friendly to everybody. And so I know that a lot of you in the chat, because you're sick in the head, you are going to now try to attack some of the mods to try to get them to be mean. So don't do that either. (laughs) Please, you know, try to get along. So next question, this one comes in from Richard Ashton, appreciate your question, said, in crazy times, us all stuck inside, Flat Earthers, are let's see. I are the people I like to challenge. So you got a critic out there, Rose, and said in six months' time, people like Nathan Thompson—you can never have a flat Earth debate without his name coming up—will be regarded as national treasures. We all love Mark. Or wait, what is it? We all love. The- anyway, I'm not sure who they meant by that. Okay, but thank you for that. I'm going to jump to the next one. These. <laughs> Oh, they said, we all love the bad guy. They're referring to it in a playful way toward Nathan. Sorry, folks. Long day. I didn't get a lot of sleep last night. But we do have another question. This one comes in from Apocalypse Here. Says, has Rose ever looked out the window of a plane?
3: Yes. And you know what? From a commercial, I actually flew a Cessna. So not only did I look out the window, I looked out the front and I remember even saying to myself, Ooh, I think I could see curvature because I didn't know any better. And you know what? I even had a picture. I wish I could have shown my pictures tonight. We got to figure this out together, James, so I can come back and then give a better presentation on whatever the topic is next time and actually share my screen. But I was going to kind of trick you a little bit, Mark, and be like, Hey, look at this picture. Doesn't it? You notice the apparent curvature, right? And then you probably would have said yes. That would have been my guess. But then I was gonna
4: No, you can't. There's there's no height you could get to in an airplane that you should be able to see curvature exactly. ever. And that is that is just because you have to picture yourself on a ball. Your your horizon is always gonna be in the same position and it's gonna look flat. Yeah, yeah. Always gonna look flat. I yeah. don't care how high you get up.
3: Yeah, exactly. That's the answer. That's the the correct answer. And even Neil deGrasse Tyson, there's like the whole Red Bull jump where the guy's jumping from space and they were using a GoPro lens, which is fisheye. He was using it and you could even see there was like a piece, a metal piece and you can prove that the metal piece, just like girls who Photoshop their waists and then all the mirror behind them is curved too. Kind of like that (laughs) idea. (laughs) But yeah. yeah. So even Neil deGrasse Tyson was like, that stuff is flat. He even does this with his arm, which is like the flat earth symbol.
5: And but anyway, I... yeah, but even
3: your, even though you're even your lord of the globe religion will explain that to everyone. So, yeah,
2: it should be flat. And it would look flat. Stick that in your pipe and smoke it, Mark. All right. Next one. We have uh, just teasing. We have stupid whore energy strikes again, saying refraction causes the object behind the curve to appear higher than its actual position. That's why you can see it.
3: No, that's not the way that refraction works. It's impossible to make light curve or go around a curve. If you look up how refraction works, it hits something and then it redirects its energy and it goes straight. But we're talking about refraction causing something around a curve to lift up. And that is not the way that refraction works. I really want to challenge people to look into how refraction works and how standard refraction assumes the radius. See, all of these variables are so important when you're talking about specific mathematics you can't pre-assume variables that have not been proven like the the distance from how do we know the difference from here to the molten core we've never gone below eight miles so yeah let's keep this conversation going and yeah follow me on my channel and let's and submit questions to me as well so that i can address them on the poppycock report
2: you got it thanks for that and thanks for your question this one coming in from gps who asks Rose, why won't anyone on flat earth test how GPS works?
3: Oh my gosh, thank you so much for, for asking that we had a guest on coach of the Sun radio what it was so many years ago but it was a guy that worked for sirius radio he used to work for sirius and he's talking about how that's all ground-based technology and also we see i have pictures here on my screen that i wanted to show you of all of these satellites that have fallen out of the sky and one just happened recently and they're connected to balloons and so they look exactly like the satellites we don't have any real pictures of satellites in space and oh my gosh there's this other I don't even know what it's called. I, I don't know where it was going, but I think it was uh, it was like I think it was going to Mars. And this satellite literally looks like a ceiling fan. And they even have like it looks like a little chain coming down. I've got it. Mark, I'm going to show you these pictures. And it, and it's supposed to be a real picture. And it's totally fake. All, all of these satellites in space, it is it is we have no proof that they exist. They're probably attached to balloons and all of the GPS is a result of ground based technology and that is why if we had these wonderful satellites that were working in space and all the way up there then shouldn't we have great reception all over the place but if you there's no gps between like california and um Kauai. who
4: told so you that
3: existencies that i pardon who
4: told you that GPS works everywhere. It's in every airplane now. It works all over the earth. There's nowhere that GPS doesn't work. We triangulate off of off of different satellites. There's nowhere that GPS doesn't work.
3: Well, triangulation can occur off of different things, like they say that they do triangulation off of the ionosphere. There's lots of pilots that I've known that, that or maybe they're using radar, but not that this oh, is- no,
4: you can't use radar. That's not how radar works. No, really, One we step. are. Just we're using to... GPS. GPS is in all of our airplanes now. We've done away with Loran systems that used to work off of uh, radio stations. Now we use GPS. Just and it's to... good enough to fly us everywhere on Earth. Just everywhere.
2: To, just to keep us moving. we i got to give Rose the last word on this, and then we do have to keep moving.
4: Yeah. Okay, so I have to
3: look into GPS more because, uh, yeah, I... I get maybe I made a mistake with GPS on that one, but if GPS is working absolutely everywhere, all over our flat and stationary plane, it's a result of ground based technology or satellites that are being hung within our atmosphere from balloons.
2: Gosh, gotcha. that's a lot of work. And thank you for your question. Mike Billars says lasers or laser on the water? You mean like geronism? I'm not sure what they mean.
3: <laughs> I'm friends with Jaron. So I know exactly who he's talking about of the Jaronism channel. But no, I don't even think that I'm referring to Jaron's experiment. I, you know, I, I don't know what Jaron did specifically. I'm talking about a different experiment over a lake. Um, I think it was Karen B or was it John D. I think it was John D that I'm talking about.
4: Jism gotcha. and... proved himself wrong. That's what Jism did when he was doing his We're experiment. Not. We, got, we have goes, to keep oh, moving. I'm so upset, Mark. That shouldn't have worked. We do have to keep moving.
2: Did. If you want to defend Jaronism Rose, I can give you a chance to do that. Otherwise, we do have to keep moving, Mark. And you, we just I, talked about. Well, I got
4: no questions. <laughs>
2: so we'll, we'll try to. I'll try to work some in for you.
3: I'm sorry that I don't have Jaron's experiment. Experiment. Exper- I'm not familiar with his experiment had bad me, but I'll talk to Jaren and I will, I will have contact me. I'll talk to Jaren and I will explain what happened later.
2: Thank you. And stupid whore energy strikes again, saying what does Rose think is casting that circular shadow on the moon during a lunar eclipse?
3: What is cast? I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. I don't know what's causing it, but the eclipses are not as described. They are not, as a result of the heliocentric model, that's the best that I can say. We we got to get our telescopes out on the sky from different locations all at the same time and pool our research together, gather more data. Because like I said, I do not trust the authority figures that are perpetuating this glo- this ball religion.
2: Gotcha. And thanks for your question from Mike Billars again. says, Rose, I took the inter-islander ferry across the New Zealand islands and I couldn't get cell reception halfway through But I sure got a GPS fix. Why is this?
3: Okay, thank you for the question because I guess what I was doing was I was confusing cell... cell... uh... But exactly what you just said, I was confusing GPS with
4: self-service. Um,
3: self-service, yes. I don't know. I have to look into this more. So thank you for the question. I definitely want to look into all of these things way more. I came here with the reasons why I have been convinced that we're on a flat and stationary plane, and I want to add more to my knowledge base. I know that there is an answer for these things. James, and how many of my friends in chat are hating me right now for not knowing the answers to these questions? I think
2: you've had. And a let ton me of
4: make support, it clear that actually. all. All cell service is ground-based, except we do move large amounts of data between uh, satellites. But your reception does not come from a satellite. It comes from a cell service on
2: ground.
3: Yes, I will agree with that.
2: And next up, we have uh, Mike Billars asking again, now a different question, says, Rose, you know how, you know why gravity is a fictitious force, question mark?
3: Why do I know that it's a fictitious force? Because I don't accept the whole mass attracting mass model that the heliocentric describes. I only recognize that there is a downward force, but that that's, I don't describe that as gravity. I describe it as buoyancy and density. I don't know how exactly the, the true model of what is described works, but I am open to suggestions. There are a lot of different theories.
2: Gotcha. And so Sarabia in the house. Thanks for your question. Says, by the way, your notice, noticed. Fredo will ask questions either side. This one is for you, Mark. They said, Mark, oh, are, you, are you using an appeal to authority to say Rose is wrong? How would you explain the globe without the authority to tell you what you're seeing, especially when explaining an illusion or phenomenon you accept is real?
4: Well, we don't really go by authority. We go by consensus so we even allow crackpots to come up with ideas and that's not what i'm saying rose is but we take everything that people have to say and then we try to mathematically prove or disprove it so we do come up with the best uh models that we can but one thing i i will always admit to you is i'm not a professional all of these ideas that i have except for in my discipline where i push it forward are all what i read and you educate yourself on so you you do you take a lot of people's words for things but what i would like to say is we don't take one person's word um for how far away the sun is it's thousands of people have done the calculations and they all come up with the same answer so is it to authority uh yeah you 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 do a lot of what you believe your education is not all self-experiment. You do have to, at a certain point, believe that what you're reading in books is true. And everybody has their own discipline. If you're in the scientific uh, um, realm, and like I say, I, I do my thing that I'm good at. And I'm telling you, the thousands of people that share my discipline, we we don't lie. We don't make stuff up. We uh, you know we try to disprove each other if anything. We're gonna make and you go because Pardon? you're
3: so nice, you're a nice guy and you don't seem like a liar. And so it's probably really, really hard for you to imagine that there are people out there that would lie.
4: Well, it would be, have to be hundreds of thousands of them not to talk about all the people that are going around tying uh, shiny balls to balloons and sending them up every day. It's a lot of work to keep this lie going is what I'm saying.
3: Yeah, well, I don't think that it has to be that many people that are actually lying. I think they're indoctrinated. They think they're like, like, by that line of reasoning, someone could say that if you're wrong, then you're lying, but you're not lying. You're just repeating what you've been told. And and, Yeah. And so there are lots of things that we learn. Like, uh, can I, can I try to explain really quick, like my, how I feel about the gravity thing, since that was a question and I didn't really give a good answer. Super,
2: (laughs) super fast, because we have like a ton of questions still. So really quick.
3: So, so like cause and effect. Like I remember when I was in biology, it, I was having a hard time with memorizing the Krebs cycle. Like I knew all I had to do was just memorize it, and I was going to get an A. But it, but what annoyed me is because I wanted to understand what is the force, what is the thing that's making the cell do the step, this step, and this step. A lot of people will say that it's God or some kind of divine force, or and then what you know the book said is that it's like ATP that is the energy that's causing it. But I. Really really wanted to just visualize and be able to like have this 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 vision that that Saw the will of it, the actual cause from the beginning, like like this, like the moment that we become a zygote, the moment of fertilization. I mean, I don't know how else to how else to ex- describe the, you know, yeah, mom and dad put down the building blocks, but then all of a sudden you get this whole entire new life. Like I really want to understand these things, and those are there's a lot of things that science can't explain, and so when you pre-assume certain things is just happening, that's how I kind of see gravity. That okay, we see the effect of it, and so we're just going to make up. This variable that is causing it without actually proving that that is what's causing it
2: you got it uh let's see because the question is originally for mark i'll give you the last word mark short and pithy if you can help me out
4: yes i can make it really quick i i hate to say it rose but what your brain was designed to understand was how not to get attacked by lions and uh large prey on the savannas, we were not designed to be able to understand the vastness of the universe and how it works. Uh, <laughs> so, so do not be upset that you have troubles envisioning things. It, it it's something that all mankind has struggled with. We cannot um, fathom these large numbers and the stuff that we're trying to understand. Do not uh, do not downplay your mind because we all struggle with that. With that, the visualization it's something we're not good at. I'm
3: at war with solipsism. I do believe that the truth can be known and I'm I'm on a mission to find it as much as I can. That's my stance.
2: You got it. And Mike Billars, thanks for your super chat said don't miss the after show on logical, plausible Probable's channel five minutes after the debate. Quote, just kidding, I don't think he's hosting one. I don't either. That's surprising. He usually does one every night. But by the way, folks, if you were a flat earther, if you were a globe earther, or if you are an agnostic earther, whatever you are, if you want to host an after show, let us know. We'll link you in the description, and we can tell people where you're hosting it. So let us know if you want to. Next, Movie Theory says, Rose is a queen. Another flat earth victory. You have a fan out there, Rose. And then, Sidgifredos Rabia in the house says, Rose, if you were to believe things had an aura, would you say ours or everything has a spherical shape? How would you explain Earth's respect to everything? I think they're maybe asking, do you think that all of the planets are flat or just Earth? That's my best guess. I have no idea what they're asking
3: okay good question if that is what they're asking like i think that a huge indication that something is being hidden is that if people will go to the internet right now and search for flat earth information they might get sent to the flat earth society which is totally controlled opposition which makes it seem like flat earthers think that we're like a disc going through the vacuum of space amongst all these different planets and that is totally not what we think we don't accept the heliocentric model whatsoever where space is totally fake i think that we're in an enclosed system and that we can kind of consider this like the basement. Maybe it's infinite. Maybe we're just a crater in an infinite plane with all these different little puddles of different continents, but that's just speculation. It's just a thought experiment. So do I know what the luminaries are? No, I don't know what they are. All I know is that they are lights in the sky. A lot of times to me, when I have, there, there are so many amazing amateur astronomers out there and that stuff does look Like a sphere, but I'm going to advise you that you look or you got to contact me because this information is just not findable on Google anymore. I feel so bad for people that didn't get into this in like 2015 before they changed all the algorithms, but I will link anybody who contacts me to the is it a sphere video so you can see how easy it is to be deceived by your vision when it comes to the luminaries in the sky.
2: You got it. And thanks for your question. This one comes in from a statement from Tioga says, if there's no gravity, how come there are waves? I think they mean, uh, she means like waves in the ocean, like the tides.
3: Like the tides? Um, I'm not sure. That one, I do not know what causes the tides. I would be totally crazy to say that I knew what was causing that.
2: Gotcha. And Andrew Handelsman, good to see you, says, Rose, how do you feel about vaccines?
3: Oh, I think that they are totally dangerous, and I think that anyone who takes a vaccine is making a terrible, terrible mistake. I do not accept that heavy metals belong in our body. I have direct experience with people that were obviously injured right from the get-go. I think that there is a terrible, terrible thing coming, and I really would want to advise that everybody stay as far away from the beer bug vaccine if they can. I mean, I know that some people are going to be forced to. If I had a job that was requiring me to take that vaccine, I absolutely 100% would not take it. And also just, I can't prove how I had my stroke in 2005, but I did have the, um, like the Gardasil vaccine before I had a uh, stroke in my spinal cord. So that's just something to throw out there. I was also on birth control too. So, like I said, I'm not going to say that it was because of the Gardasil Still vaccine, but I just don't think that these chemicals belong in a human body. I think that our immune system is there for a reason and that it will work as long as we get the right nutrients. I want everyone to, if you really care about your health, focus on the foods that you're eating and, you know, be good to yourself. Don't put poisons in your body. I don't want people to have a human diploid cells injected into them, monkey kidney cells, all of this, all of these heavy metals. Metals, not good That's
2: gotcha. how maybe well we've never debated that topic oh we, let me let me whoa. compare
4: how much compare how much heavy metals is in those vaccines you're talking about compared to breast milk and look up the smallpox look that look that up before we had a vaccine for that Perhaps. or many just, many
2: just forgive many. me but just to be just because we have so many questions if okay, you guys want to come back We'd be oh, thrilled to host Tim. you on that topic. I would love <laughs> and to. And then the channel will get deleted. But I Ranger, would love to. Rangerman 9404 thanks for your question, said, So, Rose, how is it that we predict solar eclipses based on the knowing the moon's orbit and orbital mechanics in general?
3: I don't think that that's how we predict them. I think I do not accept that's how we predict them. I think it's because they always happen on a cycle. And for so many millennia, this information has been passed down. And so what we're doing is we're recognizing a pattern and that's how we're able to predict it.
2: Gotcha. And Mike Billars, thank you for your question, said, Rose, why does moving south every 69 miles decrease Polaris elevation by one? degree everywhere in the Northern Hemisphere. How would this work on a flat earth?
3: I don't know. I'm going to have to look into that. I'm going to have to watch this whole segment after this and do my own research on this. I am so excited. Just so you guys know, I didn't even say this in the beginning, but in November of 2019, I was going to a Flat Earth conference because my boyfriend was doing a presentation on on, uh, social engineering, and I was so embarrassed. I didn't want anyone to know. I didn't want to go. I only became a Flat Earther after that. I didn't even talk to anyone at that conference. I just went to my boyfriend's um presentation and that is all i went to i didn't want to have anything to do with this i am a brand you are looking at someone who was just had i just got my eyes open to this stuff i finally started accepting that the earth was misdescribed and started doing my own research so doing this is part of that research process and part of my exploration i'm brand new baby not even one year
2: you got it and red cosmos devil thanks for your question says what causes Well, we already covered this first one and they said, uh, yeah, so it's basically it's the question about the tides of namely, why are they synchronized with the position of the sun and moon? Why can't you see what I know that you have already addressed the tides, So don't worry, we will jump to their second part, which is why can't you see Polaris from the southern hemisphere?
3: I just don't know. I don't know. I don't have an accurate model of this Earth. All I know is that we have been lied to. And you know what? Gosh, I wish I had this pulled up. But go ahead and look up a quote about the tides by the guy who. Oh man, the the people that fir- the people that discovered. T- you know what? I'm not even going to try and
2: Make go on. I, I'm not
3: going to pull this from memory. Never mind about the tides. I just need to incorporate that into my knowledge base for next time
2: gotcha and stupid whore energy strikes again she is at it tonight she says what is rose's take on the cavendish experiment
3: i'm not familiar with that experiment Ooh, i'm getting lots of emails from your audience
2: <laughs> gotcha that's Yay! good uh and apocalypse here i hope they're friendly uh, apocalypse here says why does rose think we've been lied to To make that claim, you'd have to have some sort of rationale. And what's the reason or reasons for the lying?
3: I think another, I know I've already touched on this. I don't want to keep repeating myself about, you know, dumbing us down and lying to us so that we are, so that our, it's the death of the imagination. So that the potential for our freedom is limited and to separate us from our divine creation. Now, I, like, I'm not a religious person, Mark, just so you know, but I, don't accept the creation of the universe was a result of the Big Bang. I do think that there is something divine out there and there's some kind of thing that created this place. I don't know what the purpose is, but when you believe that you're on a spinning ball going through the vacuum of space and that there can be little green aliens out there that are trying to come down here to anally probe us, it can give you a very different perspective on the reality that you live in and, you're, and what you're capable of thinking of. You know, think about it. Think about the different ways that we can speak in different languages like english or maybe a latin language like spanish where they even give like a gender to different words or then like or dutch like from a germanic or scandinavian region there are different ways of thinking in all of these locations it's the limitation of a language by itself that can cause that and so the the what are what we our understanding of the reality that we live in affects on our ability to think and our ability to explore. Because if you think that you know that you're just in this one system and you're not going to be able to search it, if you just simply accept what's told to you, then it stops people from exploring. And what I want to do is I want to make all of us into brand new explorers.
2: Just so I remember, you do think aliens do the butt probes or they don't.
3: I don't believe in aliens I was trying to make a joke I gotcha. just want to make that clear I don't believe in aliens I think there's a hard fast barrier gotcha. I think that maybe there could be like other terrestrial beings or maybe there's some kind of spiritual entity thing going on and that's why I always make that joke because there are people that say that they were abducted and it Mark. does really seem like they believe that they were abducted for sure so and that I, I'm more likely to believe that like a demon would be responsible for doing all that sexual weird stuff to them than like a really intelligent being that's coming from space and even if you want to do a thought experiment that there was going to intelligent being coming from space they would be so much more advanced than us that i'm going to go with the whole mars attack thing where if you know we come in peace boom 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 boom, boom like wipe the petri dish team you guys you guys the petri dish needs to be wiped you guys are so at war you guys haven't discovered free energy screw you guys that's what i think they would think but they don't exist so
2: fascinating Oh <laughs> right. well thanks for that and Appreciate your question from Apocalypse here, says Rose, or why does Rose think we've, oh, we got that already, sorry, that's very embarrassing. Rachel New York Truth, thanks for your question statement, said if Rose were a men's health magazine, then Mark would pay more attention. Hey. (laughs) Oh.
4: As you know, James, I'm happily married.
2: He is! I thought that they just meant you like to work out, but now I just figured out what they meant. No idea
4: what she's talking about there.
2: Yes. Tammy, his wife, is a tremendous lady, so no, he does not look at men's health for any purpose other than getting jacked. Next, Rachel New York Truth says Tesla in space is not fake, though
3: wait what no yes it is yes if you think that there's a car out in space
2: gotcha don't panic more research next thank you for your question from mike billars says rose can you explain your moonlight colder experiment when and when you explain it mark please explain to her why a shade would capture radiation
3: Okay, this is what we need to do because I am embarrassed by the tools. A, a regular thermometer, a cooking thermometer, is probably not. We need to we need to redo this experiment together, Mark. We already went over that of how we need to do this together, and we need to make sure that we measure and make sure that we're using the right instruments because mine probably sucked, and that's why I want to redo it.
2: Gosh! So well, uh, you actually
4: tried that.
3: I used a thermometer and it was like a cooking meat thermometer so yeah it, it I I I, I can yeah, you're, you're, I yeah you're, you're I was going I got yeah. really excited I heard people talking about it and I didn't go out of my way to get the correct instruments I just heard about this experiment I recreated it in an incorrect way so but I,
4: yeah you're gonna have to get it something very very accurate I, I think you understood though but you're honestly the first person that's ever admitted when they get something wrong. No, yeah, that's that you. Was probably, yeah. that I think really I made is. a mistake
3: for bringing that up. And I brought it up because I was genuinely curious about what Mark thought of that. I don't think he ever heard yeah. of that before ever. No. I, I would love for you to just do some searching on it because like, aren't yeah. you curious too? So I think that you're going to look into it afterwards and we're going to stay in touch and we're going to redo this yeah. experiment. That's why I said that and right when we brought this up and you responded. I'm like, you know what? I said I did this experiment, but that was... I need to like redo it with the correct instrumentation that was used by the other people that did those experiments.
2: Gotcha. And Rachel New York truth just sent in a recent super chat relative to that uh, men's health super chat says, Rose, you know, I'm kidding. Ha ha. So she does not think you prefer the company of men, Mark. Okay. (laughs) Now it's maximally uh, awkward. So (laughs) next uh, iPhone usings. Thanks for your support. Thanks for your question from let's see. This one comes in from our dearest friend. <clears throat> oh, gosh. One second. Sorry, folks. I've got a, a glitch here. We're going we're gonna to make it, folks. Give me two seconds.
3: I'm going to look up the um, explanation for the moon thing because might as well. Exp-
2: and this one comes in from... Rachel New York Truth says, Obviously, Mark believes in that Rona is real, too. Mark? Rona. Is this true that you believe the Rona? Rona is in the... You know exactly what they're talking about. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah, sure. I obviously believe that. (laughs) We just had that debate last night, and actually... By the way, so it was interesting, folks. At first, Oliver Yanni, he argued that the numbers were exaggerated and then he went full throttle and said, it's not even real. So the numbers were really (laughs) exaggerated in that case. But next, thanks to your question. This one comes in from Rachel, New York truth says "Buy a NASA lover mask and save lives. (laughs) Mark,
3: don't wear a mask people that's so retarded you're you're perpetuating the dumbing down of humanity please don't be a slave wait alone. all right
2: we can't go into this unless it's a debate on it okay sorry um, yeah let's come like,
4: back yeah i'll debate you
2: on that theory. too yeah Mark,
4: let's do this okay. theory theory
3: debate. let's do it well yeah,
2: that's wait. actually yeah that's we could do that that'd actually be an interesting debate i think people would enjoy it oh. next uh let's see Spart 344, thanks for your question, said, for Rose, where and how do you do your research and why is it that you believe those sources over those with a science degree?
3: I don't like to believe authority sources I like to do my own personal observations like I said I zoomed in on the super the roof of the superdome at Lake Pontchartrain which was 33.5 miles away or I can just be really nice about it and, ex- and say what if it was on the beach of the edge of the Lake Pontchartrain Lake so we're on the level water water always finds this level, level under any circumstance like for example if you take some bottles and you move them in like different directions and you pour different different amounts of water in them the water always Stays the same level spot. There are all these homemade cool experiments that you can do to challenge the mainstream narrative, and that's what I really like to do the most. And I like to talk to people that I know personally and have them explain to me how they came to their conclusions. And I think that we should all be poking holes in each other's explanations, just like we're doing tonight. Look, I'm not offended by getting, you know, by getting something wrong. I'm not, I'm not triggered by not knowing the answer to certain questions. This is only helping me. And you know, before I went into this debate, I just told myself what doesn't kill me makes me stronger
2: you got it thank you and appreciate your question from mike billar said no she just needs to not use a big umbrella as her shade from the moon i'm confused by that i know that his last let me go back to his last question his last question was can you explain your moonlight colder experiment and when you explain it uh so that was what he was referring to
3: yeah, I, I'm looking up here. It's really easy if you just Google the moon, but you already read that before. And I said, that. yeah, so the, um, the moonlight reducing temperature, just Google it, people and see that this is a repeatable experiment that a lot of people have done. The one I'm looking at right now, like the first one that came up obviously was Quora. And so it's very limited, but like, why is moonlight cold? There's why does moonlight seem to be colder than shade? There are a lot of people that are questioning this and talking about this. And so, like I said, if you use the same thermometer and you just move it in different locations and switch it, you can see that it's actually colder under the moonlight. It's trippy. I don't know how to explain it.
2: Gotcha. And thank you for your question as well from sp- Thy Messenger. First, it's like I'm trying to maybe first time question. So the Bible describes the flat earth as we are discovering it. The Old Testament prophesies Jesus is the son of God. The New Testament, Jesus explains life is about love and relationships, and it's a test. So I think they're giving their uh, explanation for what they think the meaning of life is. Maybe I'm not sure. But you're not, if I understand right, neither of you are Christians.
3: Yeah, no, I I definitely do not ascribe to any kind of organized religion whatsoever. So as you're, I'm sorry, as you were reading that, I just assumed it was a question for Mark. Could you repeat that one more time?
2: Um, it's like, I mean, I guess it's not super pertinent to our topic, but they said the Bible describes the earth as flat and the Old Testament prophesies that Jesus was the Son of God and the New Testament Jesus explains life is about love and relationships and that it's a test.
3: Yeah, that's Jesus the the, the, the person described the, the the dude in the Bible, super cool dude. Totally agree with the principles that he talked about. Love is so important, but also there is a sacred gift of anger when we get mad at the people that have deceived us so much and put us into this dumbed down state. Where we're trying to actually understand the place that we live and try to get to the bottom of things like that. I you know. Oh, but you know what? There is like 200 Bible verses that talk about a flat and stationary plane with a firmament. But I didn't bring that up personally because I want to stick to my own personal observations and things that I can test, like like not finding any curvature and not being able to measure axial rotation.
2: Gotcha. And this one comes in from Sweeze. Says the law in all caps, of thermodynamics states atmospheric pressure cannot live near a vacuum without a container. Gravity is your answer. It cannot be proven or replicated. Explain.
4: Yeah, it is. Gravity. That's it. A gas made up of molecules made up of something uh, with mass it could be well, wrong. It's
3: impossible to have pressurized gas without a container. If you think about the even the word pressure, it's talking about pressure against that wall. You're pressing against the wall of a container. And when I was in high school, I totally thought that I was stupid and that I just didn't get it. And I was afraid to ask questions because the teacher made me look really silly when I asked, How come in there you can have an atmosphere and it goes from a lot of molecules to a little bit, a little bit, a little bit, a little bit and then all of a sudden it just becomes nothing and it always really really bothered me and so that's why i love discussing how the heliocentric model it goes against the law of the second law of thermodynamics which is entropy and that gas is always going to go to fill a container and so you're saying your answer to that is just what an authority figure told you is that there's this magical variable called gravity that's causing it and i don't think that's related to the downward force that we can observe with buoyancy and density
4: no absolutely not and there is no sharp um cut off to these particles that you're talking about so no no gravity explains it perfectly you're you're misunderstanding what a vacuum is to start with and you're also misunderstanding what a pressure is so all all that we're dealing with is one atmosphere of pressure and it's exactly what we'd expect so yes if you were to take the earth away just do away with the earth get rid of it then all that gas would collapse down still to a central point you don't even need the earth to hold our atmosphere now, would it would it take off and go away? Yes, um, because again, we wouldn't have the ability to protect it from the solar winds. But yes, the the weight that you're talking about or the pressure is is a direct um, a consequence of gravity pulling it down. So I, I'm not sure what makes people think that you have a pressure in a vacuum. It's not at all your completely misunderstanding um this whole container idea is wrong
2: gotcha and this question comes in from spart344 says four rows. i'll meet you halfway don't believe a person because of the degree but please do at the very least learn how to set up experiments properly it sounds like they're challenging your experimental methods Rose. I want
3: them to challenge me. I deserve to be challenged. I need to be challenged and I'm going to get better. Like I said, I'm just a baby and I'm just trying to put on my diapers and grow up.
2: Thank you very much. And next question. This one comes in from Mike Billars says Rose. Thanks... I
3: said take off the diapers. I didn't mean put on the diapers. I don't want it to be Whoopsie. <laughs> uh,
2: <laughs> says uh, Rose, thank you for being you. That's nice. You have a, <laughs> They appreciate your personality. And Tim Pryor, thank you for your question said, "Yeah, but the pool table and pool balls are man-made, not naturally made." Not a good argument.
3: All right, touche, touche. I should have I should have used another example that we can find in nature. Like just because I'm seeing a bunch of trees doesn't mean the ground is a tree. Or what about this? Just because I'm looking down at my boobs doesn't mean my eyes are nipples.
2: Touche. And Spike <laughs> Smith, thank you for your question says, Rose, what is your what are your qualifications to establish credibility for your analysis of the observations discussed here and what is your training? So they're asking about your background in this.
3: The worst Possible thing that you can do is just believe me. What you need to be doing is your own personal research and your own personal observation. I am just a girl with a questioning mind who's just looking into everything and just trying to explore. And I just do not accept the things that have not been proven. Been proven to me. I want to put the onus on those making positive claims to prove what they are claiming. And until then, I really don't think that it causes anyone harm to not accept something. So I'm not going to accept gravity. I'm not going to accept that curvature has been proven to me. I'm not going to accept that that we are living on a spinning ball. I am going to be in a state of trying, of not accepting something until it can be absolutely proven to me. That is a spiritual and philosophical exercise that I am on. And I really encourage other people to join me because I believe that it is the path to freedom, to truly question absolutely everything. And whatever I'm sharing with you tonight, all I want to do is inspire you to question things for yourself. And if you just blindly believe what I'm saying, you're making the same mistake by believing whatever bill nye or uh, neil degrasse tyson is saying or you're um you know a, a teacher and you know the higher the education the higher the indoctrination you know there's a lot of good people out there that have been deceived and i'm even aiming to say that there are a lot of doctors and nurses out there not to go off topic but i mean the whole entire system has been deceived and it's not helping us one bit so we need to be questioning everything not just astronomy but also the allopathic medicine model
4: Gotcha. Until you until you start denying vaccines, then millions of people die.
3: I'm going to challenge you to that. I don't think that's the case. I think that if everybody rejected the vaccine, we would be much in a much better, healthier position.
4: Well, we have a hundred years ago to go by, so we we actually have that experiment's already been done.
2: Gotcha, and thanks for your. Let's see. I I think that was was that question originally for. Oh, it was originally for Rose. I'll give you the last word, Rose.
3: Oh, I'm sorry. What question was it? Oh, it was
2: about with? your challenging your background, your training in the area. So, if you want uh, to respond to Mark, you though, you can.
3: About, I mean, if you're curious to know, um, af- when I was 17, I was a rebellious teenager. You know, I always had a problem with authority, so I sent away to a bad girl boot camp, and then. From there, I started going to the University of Montana and then I got kicked out of the bad girl bootcamp halfway house thingy afterwards. So I ended up back in Santa Barbara and I w- decided to go to Santa Barbara City College. And I just kept changing my mind. I did the general education requirements and I kept changing my mind about what I wanted to explore. And then I got sick of that. I wanted to make money. I went into the corporate world and I was working for Citrix online for a number of years. And then I realized that there was more for me than being the training manager of of, um, you know, tech support and customer service. So I went back to school some more and studied more topics. And so I guess you can call me a Renaissance woman, uh, jack of all trades, master of none. But you know, I'm really loving the whole flat Earth topic. I am loving it so much. I really do want to become a master at you know researching this. So I think I have found my path. I think that this is what I really want to start looking into more and more and more, so that I can be better at these discussions. You got it. And understanding the nature of reality is the main goal. But it's also fun to have these conversations and know what people are referring to and stuff.
2: (laughs) Thanks so much. And Logan Cook, thanks for your question, said, For Mark, is the moon inside Earth's atmosphere? If so, at what distance is the farthest Lagrange point of Earth's atmosphere? I know I should know how to pronounce this by now, but... No, the moon is not within uh, Earth's atmosphere at all. Uh, actually, NASA no.
3: yes, just even started admitting that the moon was in Earth's atmosphere. I've seen mainstream articles that are actually saying that if you type into Google right now is the moon within our atmosphere, you're going to find mainstream articles that are starting to do that. So I think this is the backtracking and trying to make up for stuff that people can now start looking into that they're not going to be able to prove anymore. Like the fact.
4: Like that- I said, though, there there is no direct cutoff of of our atmosphere so you know everybody likes to think that you get to a certain point and you're in outer space um that that's just not the case our our atmosphere becomes less and less dense less and less particles uh like rose calls them no and as far as the height i don't remember there's a lot of numbers i don't keep in my head um you know as where we we consider earth's atmosphere
2: to, to end next up mike billars thanks for your question said mark it's called Oh, these are always hard for me. Spectro- spectroscopy? Yes. Yeah.
4: Next. Yeah, I asked somebody to let me know what the science is called. That That's correct. That's that's what it is. And, and we can know so much from it.
2: Next, Mike Billars challenging you, Rose. You You ooze authenticity, Rose, I have to say it. However, Mike is a skeptic of you. He says, Rose, I think you're pretending to believe in flat earth plugging your channel uh let's see and uh and yeah basically i don't i don't think she plugged her channel at all to be fair i i'm mean, like i think it was when just it me, reverse psychology but... on
3: everyone. don't go to my channel don't whatever you do don't go there you don't want to see what's on my channel
2: touche uh also what is it i yeah so both of the speakers' links are in the description. I've been plugging them, that's for sure. And we want to let you know that you can check those links out below. That's actually how I found i found Rose. I was like browsing one day on like Flat Earth Debates, and I saw Rose and D-I-T-R-H. Is it Dave? Yeah.
3: Down, down in the rabbit hole. Down into the rabbit down hole. Down in the rabbit okay. hole. Okay.
2: So is it – do I remember? Okay, maybe – I don't know if he wants his real name out there, but – Long yeah, story. Dave
3: twice Oh, Dave. he wants to name out there. Okay. David. So
2: when yeah, I saw you and Dave talking with a friend of yours about Flat Earth and I was like, Oh, this is awesome. And so I was like, that then anyway, so no, I've gotten to see both really of their channels. One. So and that so that <laughs> she's <laughs> i
3: haven't heard from tria she said she was going to come back and prove to me that we live on a spinning ball so if anybody wants to come and you know have a conversation with dave and i that would be awesome i love doing those videos where i just have an open conversation with anybody who wants to challenge challenge challenges i love being challenged it's it's the way to grow and it's the way to learn
2: you have a courageous spirit i appreciate that and this one comes in from down in the rabbit rabbit hole it says How does a plane take off from northern Alaska and land on a north-south runway on the equator that is moving 1,038 miles per hour sideways? I think that's for you, Mark. Moving relative to what? Are they
4: under the impression that Earth's atmosphere doesn't turn with? Do do they not know about... uh, Oh my God, what does he think that if you jump up off the Earth, all of a sudden the Earth skips out from under you at a thousand miles an hour? Like, come on, man, this is, I, I don't even understand what they're asking. Earth's atmosphere moves with the Earth just like we would expect it to. Exactly what we'd expect it to. If there's a frictionless environment past Earth's atmosphere, there there's nothing ex- ex- exerting uh, drag on Earth's atmosphere. Out at the the point of uh, where we where we do start to get into outer space, I'm not sure what they're asking there. Gotcha. Maybe someone else could help me out.
3: Well, there's two things that I want to bring up about the planes or something that we didn't get into in the debate, which is that when pilots are taught how to fly, they are never told to account for curvature. They're told to assume that we're on a flat flat plane. And so they never dip their nose down whatsoever in order to account for curvature, which I think is totally trippy. And then here's another thing that I really want. I, I don't know if, uh, do you give James permission to give me your email? Because I want to show you some emergency flight plat- path landings. And for anyone in chat looking at this, you've got to look at this. Uh, the emergency flight paths if you look at them on a globe model it makes no sense that they go all the way out of their way like if someone's going on their way to India like if someone there was a time when someone like went into a coma on the plane and they went out of their way to go land in like Moscow I have all these examples on my screen I wish I could have shown my screen tonight but um When you put it on a flat earth model, it makes perfect sense. It's a straight line, Mark. I can't wait to show you these pictures. It's going to blow your mind. And also when we look at the jet stream, this is another thing from school that I always thought, why does the jet stream go like this? It's not that I didn't want to accept it. I just thought it looked weird. But what really blew my mind is that when you put it on a flat earth model, the jet stream is going around in a circle and it looks so beautiful and perfect. And it just makes more sense for me. Not proof of anything. I just want you to look at these things and tell me what you think.
2: Just to try to fill out uh, some of the extra info for Down in the Rabbit Hole's last question, he said in the chat, the runway in Alaska is spinning at 400 miles per hour. How does the plane speed up to 1,038 miles per hour at the equator?
4: It doesn't. I I, I can't even imagine. Where I am right now, it's 1115. I, I, this is way beyond... <laughs> Uh, me trying to figure out what he's talking about why why would you have to speed up
2: gotcha perhaps on another night uh i i do want to run through so is he under the
4: impression that when you're getting your car in alaska to get down to the equator i need to speed up over a thousand miles an hour i i don't even i can't even understand what he's talking about
2: it's new to me as well but we will jump to as many questions as we can get from everyone else as well uh macedonian truth says rose i love you and earth is so flat
3: right on macedonian truth
2: tim Pryor says you guys really need to learn a difference between gas pressure and atmospheric pressure nowhere in the second law of thermodynamics does it say you can't have atmospheric pressure next to space exactly
3: Well, they don't make that specific claim, but if you're going to follow along with that law, then you need in order to have that kind of pressure. That's the meaning of pressure. I don't, I don't, I think this applies to atmospheric pressure as well.
4: No, it doesn't. That's the thing.
3: Well, not according to your model. According to your model, it doesn't because you have gravity. So that's why we kind of get into the standstill. But
4: that's that's, that's what I talked about must, with you right right at the very beginning. Is the first thing you got to explain is gravity. You've got to come up with this this power of attraction, and there's only two ways that uh, we can get it either through acceleration or gravity's real, and you got to decide which one you're going to go with. But either one would still not make any difference for your pressure model that you say cannot exist. Even if we are on a flat plane and we're accelerating upwards, it's still exactly what we'd expect to happen. You would still have a pressure in a vacuum above you. Nope. You're, give, mis- Rose, you're misunderstanding what a vacuum is and you're misunderstanding what the pressure is.
2: I've got to give Rose the last word on this and then we've got a follow-up question.
4: All right, so
3: you're, I'm challenging you to prove that gravity exists as it's described by the heliocentric model and you're challenging me to come up with another explanation for the cause of downward force. Challenge accepted. I Perfect. will work on
2: it. Tim Pryor, thanks for your question, said check out Greater Sapien's channel He explains those emergency landings and a tree will always look like a tree. A dog laws look like a dog and planets will always look like a planet.
3: Yeah, but I can prove that a tree is a tree and I can prove a dog is a dog, but I can't prove to you right now what exactly the planets are. I know what they look like to me, but I do not accept the authoritative mainstream narrative of what it is and like i said i for this specific question i really would love for you to contact me so i can link you to is it a sphere the video will demonstrate how something can look a certain way but it actually isn't that way the owls are not as they seem
2: and thanks for your question this one comes in from Holly Berry says, why have stars not moved in thousands of years if we are flying through space at 1.3 million miles per hour? They have moved.
4: They have absolutely moved. They they know exactly what Stonehenge was supposed to line up with through the observation holes. So yeah, they have moved. Um everything is progressing so i'm not sure you know they're again they just do not understand what they're asking and i i think they expect stuff that's um uh tens of thousands of light years you know that it, it's quite the distance if you work it out uh, the the angle of change that you would expect it's exactly what we see you know it's and, and no things do not line up um the way they used to line up that's just wrong
2: Gotcha. Next, Uzi, thanks for your question. Says Globe Earth equals truth, in parentheses, editable. Flat Earth equals reality, like it or not.
5: <laughs> okay.
2: Next up, only so only sheeple can't see. Thanks for your question. Says Rose, what do you think of Bob? Think about Bob proving a fifteen degree per hour drift, the same equipment used in modern commercial jets. It is accurate and precise.
3: Okay, well, that is exactly what I was referring to. The 15% of the 15 degree drift is not as a result of the spin. It's a result of the luminiferous ether. And the way that we can prove that is because you can go to the same exact latitude to a high elevation and a low elevation, even in the experiment that I'm talking about that Bob did was 10,000 feet difference and they got two different measurements they got two different results over one degree that's impossible on the heliocentric model and so it's can't possibly it is impossible not acceptable to attribute that 15 degree drift to the spin of the earth but what it can explain a possibility that it can explain it of course i'm not proving it but it the vortex speed Of the luminiferous ether that's going around, that's what I think it's picking up on.
4: Gotcha. And jets fly at what, 35,000 feet? So you've got three and a half times the air that you're calling for when a jet is up there at 35,000 feet. So you'd think navigation
2: would almost become impossible, wouldn't you? I don't know. Next, this question comes in from Tim Pryor, follow up to his others. He mentioned the idea of like, Gas pressure and atmospheric pressure. Said there are different definitions of pressure. I'm just saying to learn them. Uh-huh.
3: Yes, you are correct. Gotcha. Hell yes. I want to. I want to know exactly the specific definitions and all of the stuff that the heliocentric model is describing and all of the different uh, laws of physics. I was never an expert at physics. Right now, I'm going off. A lot of this is common sense and the heart, but I'm not going to use that here. In my debate, I want to use like personal observation and different specific measurements that I've done with my optics and what I've discovered and that we've been lied to. Um, The fact that water always finds its level and that we don't see any bulges on this pear earth as Neil deGrasse Tyson describes it. uh, I think that we've been lied to about so much. And I'm, like I said, I'm in the beginning of this and thank you for challenging me. I have to learn all of these definitions of things.
2: You got it. And this one comes in from ranger man 9404 says, Jiren's experiment was quote, Interesting, unquote, via Rose. I think they're saying that they're trying to insinuate that you're skeptical of Jaron's experiment. I'm not sure, though.
3: I'm not skeptical of Jaron's experiment. I just don't know which one. You're... Now, if you... the interesting thing, I think, was what he said on the Behind the Curve documentary, where they totally took what happened. There's... <laughs> That was a total shit show with that movie they things were not as described they took what he said out of context and franken edited that whole thing and the gyroscope experiment that i just described to you explains how that was not measuring the curve the um spin of the earth
2: gotcha and and
3: that is what i'm addressing with the gyroscope experiment
2: you got it and thanks for your question this one comes in from our friend, Only Sheeple Can't See, says, Mark, do you feel any evidence was presented in any way, shape, or form in today's debate from the Flat Earth side?
4: Well, she's very passionate, and she is a smart girl, so, you know, we're, we're all here to learn. Do I think there was anything? No, no unfortunately. The moon
5: doesn't have anything no, to I'm do with it sorry.
4: I'm sorry, Rose, you didn't teach me anything tonight. I'm not any more convinced than uh, I know you're hurt.
3: No, 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 I'm not hurt. I'm just excited to, you know, be on this path and to get to know you better. So you don't believe me when I tell you that the moon cannot be detected as it goes into a solar eclipse. You've got to promise me that you'll get a telescope and that you'll try to focus on the next solar eclipse. And when you don't see the moon approaching it, it's going to open your eyes and you're going to be mind boggled.
4: Okay, all I can say is if if you've got the sun, if you've got the sun behind the moon, why would you expect the brightness of the sun to overpower the sun?
3: it's not overpowering the sun. It's the sun that should be backlighting the moon. It's this massively bright, the brightest thing that we're aware of in the world right behind the moon. We should be able to detect it. It doesn't make any sense that all we see is just this cutout. We can't prove that that's the moon that's making that little bite into it. I mean, there's a lot of ancient cultures that have explained it in their own way, but I'm not going to go off of what the ancient cultures are saying. I want to challenge us all to try and figure out what is actually occurring in reality right now.
4: Well, I'll bet you a drink if we ever meet up and I uh, come down into your area because my wife and I drive down a lot down there. Oh, cool. that, um, I bet you that there is a way that we can see that moon. I bet you we do have equipment that we could block out the light from the sun and see the moon. I, I, would, I would bet to. anything on that.
3: I, yeah, I would love to talk to you like with your wife and my boyfriend and we'll get together and go to the French Quarter together, have some. Perfect. Into
2: dinosaur adventure land. Kent Hovind wants oh, to see you guys. Okay. So Give next me a break, uh, James. <laughs> Spartan 344 says modern data. So question for Mark, why didn't you use Kepler's law of planetary motion for distance from the sun? I chastise thee in the strongest terms. No, I
4: understand, but we're just, we, we really haven't talked about a lot of this stuff We're we're, we're at a very basic level here of trying to explain what we're seeing. And, uh, you know, for, for Rose, she's, she's questioning what she sees. And as humans, there's nothing wrong with that. I just question, you know, where she's getting this information. I, I am hearing her repeating a lot of things that she's been told. So, you know, whether she admits it or not, I, I've heard her say some a lot of names of different websites that she's been on and different people that she's been dealing with. And I think she's getting a lot of her information from there. So I hope she uh, she practices what she preaches. And, uh, you know, don't believe what everybody tells you. If you're going to start hanging around flat earthers, it's not going to take long for you to uh, start believing everything they have to say. That's how a church works.
3: Right. But what I the people that I'm trusting with is when they're giving me repeatable experiments that can be demonstrated. And so if you can show me a repeatable experiment that can be demonstrated to prove curvature and to prove the spinning of the earth, then I'm going to accept that. But until There's I get that, I'm going to- thousands
4: of them, Rose. There's okay. tens well, of thousands of them.
3: Send me that information and I'm going to look into it. And then we're going to come okay. back and talk about it. And we're going to talk about it in private over a drink. Like I seriously yeah. do want to be friends with you forever
2: thank you he's not so bad really i promise okay (laughs) macedonian truth thanks for your question says anyone who takes a vax for fake vivid is dumb so we might have to host that topic sometime soon folks i don't know that's pretty that's like edgy even for us is that do you folks in the live chat would that get us a strike or do you think we'd be okay i don't know
3: we Try to speak in code like say things like beer bug and say things like pointy sticks uh,
2: i don't know if i want to know what that all means all right next up fractal escape. <laughs> i'm just teasing fractal escape thanks for your question so yeah we may host that we'll see what people think i think it's on we have a list of like topics people have been suggesting fractal escape Says, since Mark knows so much about heliocentricity, can he explain what the heliosphere is?
4: What, no, no, I, I don't even know what this guy's talking about right
2: now. Next up, Macedonian Truth, thanks for your super chat. Said, if you take a vax, aren't you immune from those who don't take one? Mark? If you take
4: a vaccine, are you immune from those who don't take one? Yes. That's what herd human, uh, immunity is. I, again, you know, all we need to do is look back 100, 125 years. Not even to see what would happen if we didn't take um, vaccines. Like it's, it's, it was a brutal, brutal way of living, and uh, we, we have pictures. We've seen how many millions of people died, and uh, you know, again, look at the amount of heavy metals that are in vaccines and compare it to uh, compare it to what's in breast milk. Gotcha. Well, what do you
3: think is causing breast milk to have those things? I think that there's a lot of toxics, toxic things there that is. are put into our Absolutely. environment. Absolutely.
4: Lo- a lot of the stuff that we are producing and putting into our vi- environment are cumulative. We cannot break them down in our system. We have no way of filtering them. That it, it's, it, it's it's getting into our water it's getting into the earth it's getting into to everything that we do and uh you know what it, eventually it's going to get into our food supply and you are what you eat
3: that's what's killing us not a little invisible monster boogeyman oh well,
2: back in the day they sure did <sighs> history next.
3: is agreed upon
2: next up rachel new york truth says Rose, you know I'm... Oh, I already read that. Then, your friendly flight attendant, thank you, says, Rose, great debut. Would you call the heavens a sky clock?
3: Yes, I would. That's a that's a term coined by Crow, the host of uh, Crow 7, 7 Radio. Check it out.
2: Gotcha. And Tim, <laughs> Tim Pryor, thanks for your question, says, so why does the high pressure at sea levels not rush into the low pressure at the top of mountains? no container between those two gravity i think it was supposed to be a challenge for rose they said no i
4: think that was me if there's no container uh he'll have to you know uh, yeah but it's exactly what we'd expect there the reason that you have higher pressure at the equator or or down at sea level sorry is because you you that's how gravity works. It's going to pull pull the the mass down, um, and, and it's all going to layer its way out exactly what we see. Gotcha. Unless and, you think that that was for Rose, I, I'm, I'm not sure.
2: Gotcha. And Tim Pryor says, if the Tesla car isn't really in space, then how can people observe it with a, a telescope and track it?
3: oh no 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 when they okay, they maybe can observe a light or maybe some kind of little black thing but they're not zooming in on a, the car for i haven't seen any footage amateur footage of someone zooming in with a telescope on the car from the surface gotcha. there's no way that they're zooming in on a tesla car i w- would really challenge you to get a telescope and do that yourself
2: gotcha and i don't
3: know
2: Thanks for your question. This one is from John Rapp, who says, water tastes flat. Trust your senses.
5: <laughs> love it. Next,
2: this one comes in from, we just had a, a new, uh, a few just come in in the last second. Thanks for your patience, guys. I, there's a lot of questions, but it's because the people love, like, There's been tons of positive feedback. So I hope you guys know you guys have been rock stars. People have really enjoyed this. And so there is a lot of engagement. Red Cosmos Devil asks, Rose, why can't hurricanes never form at the equator? And please try to answer it. If not, look it up and learn about it. Your passion is wasted in flat earth. What a critic.
3: You know I'm going to look into that. I am so curious about about hurricanes and the nature of a question, and you know what, I will say that one of my favorite dudes on um, YouTube is Dutch Sense, and I because I watched him predict an earthquake once, and he's so good at. at everyone should look it up, Dutch, and then S I N S E, and he does like use what he's looking at on there when he's measuring things, it looks like a globe. But I but what I'm assuming from that is that he's all of this data is being compiled onto a globe. And so what I would love to see is a flat earther come up with an equal model for him so that he can use that on so that on his screen he has the flat earth plane so that he can predict the weather and all that stuff using that. You got so it compiling data, you know what I meant. Good. I'm glad you know what I meant.
2: You betcha. And this one comes in from SPART344. Thanks for your support, SPART. longtime supporter. Along with Sigifredo Sarabia. it has been here a long time, too. But anyway, thank you all. It says, for Rose, but those of us in the STEM fields are doing that. I think they're saying, like, testing the ideas. We know how to set up those experiments. Those flat earthers
0: don't.
3: Well, i would like to know what they think of of me being able to see too far how would you respond i really want to know what these these amateur scientists are doing out there the people that are getting different results than me i want to know your results when you take out high optics equipment and you zoom in on things that defy the um your specific model where you're seeing things hundreds and hundreds of when they should be hidden by hundreds of miles. And if you are a true scientist, then you need to accept the fact that refraction is not doesn't work the way that you guys are using it to explain light doesn't bend in a curve like that. It will go like but not like
2: that. <laughs> Gotcha. And thank you for Jersey Bob for your support. Appreciate your goal sticker. Appreciate that. It means a lot. Folks, we're excited about the future. I have to let you know We've got some big stuff coming up in addition to tonight. Tonight was epic for sure. And we're planning on other epic events. Want to give you one taste of it. You guys, I am thrilled. I've read a number of Bart Ehrman's books. We are in talks right now. It's like pretty much confirmed that Bart Ehrman will be here. It'll be a debate on the reliability of the Bible. So that will be super interesting this November. So like high profile, tough debater, high-profile scholar. It's going to be a lot of fun. And Tim Pryor, thanks for your super chat, said, I'm an amateur astronomer. I have a telescope. I did do that. They're coming at you, Rose.
3: Oh, my God. You got to send me the pictures, dude. Thank you. That will be great. I would love to see that. Let's be friends. I want to know as many astronomers as possible.
2: Gotcha. And so... You can easily find our guest's info by just looking in the description box, folks. What are you waiting for? So, if you'd like to hear more from either Rose or Mark or both, you can by clicking on those links down below. I want to say thanks so much to our mods as we always ask that there would be no hate speech, and so we appreciate you mods always trying to get rid of that. We don't want any groups being treated poorly merely as a result of just being a member of their group. So, we also want to say thanks so much to you, the audience, for your questions, for your engaging, and just hanging out with us here. We really appreciate it. And by the way, folks, if I if anybody's waiting on an email response, it's so hard for me. And I, I seriously hope you can forgive me. I try to answer everything. But right now, it's like with everything going right now with the semester starting up, it's like insane. And so I'm trying to... But thanks so much for all your support, and thanks most of all. Thank you so much, Rose and Mark, for being here. We really appreciate you guys. People really love this tonight, so we appreciate you just coming on and debating.
4: Thank you, James, and thank you for not making me sit here and try to explain planetary motion at uh, at quarter to twelve at night, my time. I, you know, some of these questions, I, I, what do you want me to say? Look it up on. Uh, look it up on the internet yeah. sit here and ask me questions and have me try to explain something that's going to take a half an hour Mark, but uh rose I- you were awesome if this was your first debate you did absolutely great Oh,
3: thank uh, you so much. I wanted me. to show you, I didn't want to show off on the air, but I have the Live After Death Eddie tattooed on my no, back. Oh,
4: look at that. You and are an Iron Maiden you. fan. Yeah,
3: And I can't show you my butt, but I have the um, Killers tattoo. So I've got the oh, Killers wow. After Death Eddie. That's
4: awesome. And that's the pointy stick. I play drums. That's why I knew that that was as soon as you put on the jacket, I recognized the, <laughs> the actual jacket
2: you put on there. I didn't know you played drums. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Oh. That is so yeah. cool. Well, yeah, these, I appreciate you guys so much. Thanks for hanging out with us. And with that, we hope folks, you have a great night or day, depending on where you are watching from. And oh, so, still... you know, <laughs> you're
5: still alive.
2: <laughs> oh, wait, I forgot. But you, you, that's a, like a standard, like challenge to the Flat Earthers that you guys have like a pat answer to, right? Yeah.
3: <gasps> Wait, are we still live?
2: Yeah, we're still on air. Yeah.
3: Oh, I, didn't mean, I didn't mean to talk about my tattoos on the air. Okay, my bad. Well, I mean, I'm fine, but that, I did. I thought we had already ended it. Okay, so what? What was the?
2: Oh yeah, everyone watching got to see your tattoo. Don't worry. Okay, but uh, I was saying, depending on where you are and what time it is, you know, have a great rest of your night or day. And then I thought you said something about. I thought you were saying something like making a flat Earth reference or joke. I didn't hear what you said.
3: No, I don't remember what I said because I thought we were i thought we were already off the air and that we were about to sign off. <laughs> oh,
2: no. Oh, we're, we're almost there. But yeah, so thanks so much, folks. We'll, we will hopefully see you tomorrow night as we will have Trump versus Biden as the topic for tonight or tomorrow night. That should be a fun one. And so we will hopefully see you there. Thanks so much. And keep sifting out the reasonable from the unreasonable, folks. Take care and have a great rest of your night or day.